Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hope you're all having a good evening. Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, episode 549 of Talk Brunch Live, being joined by Dustin Soglo Frazier. Sorry, Tony, but the most important thing of the week is not full gear. It's today because it's Talk Brunch's birthday. Yeah, I renewed the domain eight years ago. <laughs> I'm even losing count now. I think, it's been, I, think, I think we're on year eight. It was 2014. I had to say 2014. Terrible with math, I guess. The 2014 uh, of November was the, uh, was the birth of this community. And the day we bought the domain name that we hardly use for anything now. It was mainly streaming and uh but it's the day we we started all of this i gotta say so yeah in a sense happy anniversary week because we're still a day and, away and i checked my finger math eight years eight years there you go finger math that's the way to go i, <laughs> I couldn't do it because i'm on camera i look dumb <laughs> yeah but i digress yeah eight years the ago, of me not be able to see me i can do whatever i want <laughs> yeah, eight years ago we we built this crazy thing and we came up with intros, outros, catchphrases, uh, slogans, and all kinds Drops. of stuff. And it's grown and it's become cooler ever since. It's just way, way better than it used to be. I have to say, this is my favorite incarnation of all of that. So, thank you to everybody who made that possible. Tonight, we're going to be talking about smoking, apparently. We're going to be talking about people saying goodbye to certain wrestling companies reunions among others we're also going to give our predictions for this weekend's uh what is it again aw full gear saturday night 8 p.m eastern standard time which we'll be doing a watch along for we'll be there at the uh the buy-in is it still called the buy-in the buy-in should be 7 p.m eastern standard or the zero hour i think for for any of the ones outside of the casino they call it zero hour yeah so we'll be there for the zero hour show this saturday 7 p.m eastern standard going straight into the pay-per-view 8 p.m and we'll have uh, a bunch of callers on the air and we'll laugh and go over the results and eat junk food and all that other wonderful stuff that happens on pay-per-view Saturdays. I didn't even know it was a pay-per-view until uh, until I looked recently. I was like, oh, yeah, it's uh, one of those. You know. But yeah, very happy to be here. Once again, I just want to reiterate to the community, whether you are part of the community because you were here from the beginning when we were just a wrestling podcast on iTunes and iHeartRadio and everywhere else, or if you're here because of the gaming or because you drove around in Forza with us or played some PSO with us or some God or whatever, whatever brought you to the community, you know, thank you for the support over the years. This has been the best year by far. I would say 2022 has been like a very, very cool year. And Definitely I, the most progressive, I think. Yeah, I feel like I've learned the most in 2022 versus the last seven years combined. Uh, just about people in general and about content creation, streaming, entertainment, just things in general, you know. And it's uh, definitely my favorite year. Like, it always fluctuated, but this one is, like, just far above the others. I've had, like, a blast doing all kinds of stuff. I feel like we're a lot more versatile than we used to be back in the Stone Ages, you know? We play Fortnite this year. Like... Yeah. <laughs> we did. Wow, imagine that. I remember years ago we wouldn't you know have know how big that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we went from being the cartoon to the live action. <laughs> the you know, the difference is we're not on Netflix. 
Oh, they didn't Netflix and chill us? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Don't Netflix and chill us, bro. Don't Netflix and chill us. I wonder, is that a... Is that a is, do I quote it already? Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> all right, I guess already. Here we go. We had quick, all right? We don't get paid by the hour. Well, I don't. I'm just here for the beauty, all right? There you go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so where is my... Ah, here we go. So people were wondering, what? What is a... What do you mean we're going to talk about smoking today? Apparently, so what we have here, uh, we spoke about this before on the air. Mike Tyson and Ric Flair started a cannabis line. Welcome to 2022, folks, where Mike Tyson and <laughs> Ric Flair are selling you weed. Uh, basically, this is because Mike Tyson's 2.0 cannabis company acquired the majority stake of Ric Flair Drip Incorporated. Also things I never thought that I would be saying. Right. What the hell? Uh, so basically, Ric Flair apparently uploaded a video of himself advertising the brand. Is what it looks like happens here. So I guess we'll oh, take it. Oh, it should be fun. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> really? Are you shitting me? What in the hell? <laughs> Wow, go right. Do we already have the screenshot? We have something. Wow. Yo, I've never seen that that contraption. That is Ric Flair drip right there. Okay, that is Ric Flair sprints. That must what be like one of the most amazing things that can happen to somebody is you go into like a club and Ric Flair pulls out like a giant I don't even know what to call it. A giant a weed, weed gun. Cannon, like, a weed can, right? And just start spraying you down. What the hell? Wow. Everybody the worst part about it is what well, see what they don't tell you in the back of that club, they got a whole truckload of Doritos. Everybody in that bitch had a bunch of <laughs> Go wreck. Very proud. <laughs> Good job. You know? I, I, just, I don't know what I've never seen. You could have given me all year long. I would have never been able to tell you that's what was going to pop up on the screen. Yeah. That is, all, that <laughs> what, is what popped up on the screen. So, yeah, what a great way to start. You know. So, yeah, uh, as far as announcements go because we're not just going to say thank you and everything or as far as the anniversary thing goes officially and i said this before but i was actually waiting for the right time i know the time felt right but officially we'll actually start being a podcast again not just a twitch stream because the reality is that there are people who don't like twitch you know i'm not gonna lie there's no way for me to sugarcoat it you know i i went into last year we've been here almost a year exclusive to twitch i went into last year with this uh hope not really optimistic, neutralistic maybe, hope that perhaps people would overlook the discomfort of being on Twitch and follow us into this community 
and we can get everybody into one community. That being said, I do consider Twitch for the time being our core community and where we all migrate and where we do the live thing. But there are people who just want the podcast. And uh, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Now, that being said, I can't really cater to those people either. So that means that uh, when we're watching videos like the one on screen, we're not going to sit here and play narrator. Uh, if you if you hear something in the audio that and you want to uh, check it out, by all means, come to twitch.tv slash talkbrunch and look up the latest video on demand and, you know, go to around that area and see what it is that we were talking about. Like anything, you didn't have to. But if you hear something like, I want to see the video or whatever it is that they have up on screen, like if you want to see this Ric Flair drip, <laughs> you know, you would just come into the, uh, the chat room. And the other thing is that you're going to get the content immediately. As soon as we're done here on Twitch, it spits out the VOD. You get it instantly. I'm by no means obligated to uh, jump because I remember back when we were a podcast and we were a video on the man podcast people say when's the video going to be up when's the VOD going to be up I don't know it's not really I'm, I'm, I'm putting us back on, a, in, on podcast platforms which means we will be on iHeartRadio effective immediately we'll be on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Podcast Addict, SoundCloud MixCloud most things that have yeah, most things that have cloud in it this is effective immediately. We will be back on all of those platforms. Now, in regards to when I get these episodes up, I don't know. I mean, it'll be within 24 hours, I'd like to say, most of the time. Might just have a day delay, kind of like Peacock. I might, there might be a week delay, to be honest with you. Aside from this anniversary one that I'll get up really quick, you know, I might alternate weeks where you get the, the, the podcast version a little bit later. I have to see. I haven't decided. But either way. It'll be available in podcast form once again. No more exclusivity. And most likely, if there were any more collaborations or partnerships, I would, uh, at this point, having a bit more leverage, see to it in our contracts that podcasting is included. That way we wouldn't go back to being exclusive anymore. So that's going to help a lot of people that want the audio version of this. But again, if you want to see stuff like this Ric Flair drip, Woo! You have to come in and watch the visuals. And also, this is really the only true way to support our community. Like, the podcast was always a labor of love, and that's something that we did free. You know, yeah, you got donations and people invested in you. You can get uh, advertisements and stuff. But really, the podcast was more of a labor of love. If you want to support the community and see it grow and see it prosper, as it has been doing, which is the place to do that. Can't emphasize that enough. It's the reason we, we're doing well on Twitch. It's one of the reasons why, because it's always really been my decision. It's one of the reasons why I am now comfortable putting us back on iHeartRadio and back on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and back where we first started, essentially, because I love Twitch streaming and I'll continue to do it and I'll do a lot of gaming. But we are podcasters. You know? Amen. That. Okay, let's get Ric Flair drip off the screen. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ric I Flair missed goal. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been staring at it the entire time. <laughs> oh. But we have a new video to show you here. I don't know if I should spoil it. 
What do you think this is? You ever see a thumbnail and don't have a single fucking clue what's about to happen? Yeah, good. Like, the captions do nothing for... Th- this is me right now. Like, I don't know what's about to happen. I'm scared. I don't know who this is. I don't know where they are. I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what happened before this. Like... <sighs> Some of you might enjoy it. Let's find out. What are you doing? I was supposed to beat her. It's okay. I yes. was supposed to retire Mickey James, Diana. It's... I'm going. But but where? Where are you going? I'm going home, Gianna. Why? I'm going home. What? (laughs) I was hoping you would wait for the video to be over. (laughs) Yo, I I love how she got the whole Bruce Banner walk, though. That's all I see. <laughs> Damn, Diana got left behind. But yeah, I heard they pretty much are going to be scooping her back up for WWE. It's very, very likely. See, this one, wow, just another one. Another one. Well, we got to do it proper. Chelsea Green is now gone from Impact Wrestling. And, and who knows? Diana might be getting that one soon at the rate they're going. We'll see. We'll see. I also hear Bron- Bronson Reed is on his way back. Yeah, I believe like it's looking like Triple H definitely sent an offer out to him. At this point, it's just going to be whether he decides he wants to stay with New Japan or go back home. So, hmm. we'll see. Which interesting enough because he's been treated pretty well in New Japan Strong. So it's I could see him wanting to stay, but I'd like to see him come back. Yeah, I wonder what they would do with another big man right now. They don't, everyone doesn't want to start overbloating their rosters, you know? Yeah. That's the one thing that I'm really concerned about. All right, so it's epic photo time. I love how these are getting, like, segment names now. It's going to be, like, a level of danger that comes with each one. Like, epic photo time on this show just sounds terrifying, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it should be. <laughs> like, I am genuinely frightened right now. <laughs> the Dudley boys reunited for the first time in seven oh, years. I've seen this. Oh, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody else, but because you guys know, I heard no. there was rumblings that they had issues. I don't know how deep that is or how true that is. But for the first time in seven years, they reunited to take a picture with a random fan. Oh. And here it is, the Dudley boys and some some guy. I think he was a a longtime fan of oh, them. Oh dear God! Why would you do him like that? And uh, this is a lot. Very lucky guy got to pose with them, right? You stupid dude! If you hadn't seen this, I was completely gonna rib you. <laughs> you know the bad part about it is. <laughs> I would it wouldn't take me lo- taking me long to realize who it was. Just because certain aspects of the face, I'm like, I'd have caught it and I'm like, oh shit, it's him. Yeah. That's not a random yeah, fan for anybody that's looking a at full the image. Team 3D reunion. Yeah, that's Spike Dudley in the image. And the reason I said and random fan said, No, that's brother run. And the reason I said random fan is because 
when I looked at I, I looked at the image before reading the article. <laughs> and I thought, oh, how nice. They must really like this guy. Whoever this total stranger is. They must really like and enjoy this dude. Whoever he is. It is some shit that, like, when you look at these three, Spike's the only one who looks like... Spike's the one who looks like he's aged the most. Dude, even after I read the article, I was still looking... <laughs> I was looking around for Spike. Was like, Wait, was he behind somebody? Like, no, he's yeah, right like, Spike in the... In the, in this picture, I was like, "Is there another picture? Is there a right on the arrow after?" I was like, "Oh shit, Spike, what Good happened?" Lord. He really looks like the boss now. I'm telling you, man, he looks like the boss or the supervisor, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, remember that boss gimmicky hair? We used to kick them around like he's the supervisor. You're right. I can't believe that's him. That motherfucker looks like that. That motherfucker looks like the soccer dad who's like, "I don't, who, I don't hear no bell." <laughs> I almost didn't read the article that went with this picture because it just said Dudley Dudley boys reunite after seven years. And I looked and said, oh, that's nice. They're taking pictures with fans. <laughs> I just happened to see Spike's name and it was like, Spike, what, is he going to be there somewhere? <laughs> oh, like, holy God. shit, dude. I still don't see it. Where? Like, is that really Wait, him? I... Yeah, like, I, I see it and I'm just like, Damn, I didn't think you were gonna look look like this this soon. He looks older. And than you know what bothered you? Know what I just realized that I had not seen before. That oh, kind of bums me out even worse. What's that? He has glasses at the bottom of his shirt. This motherfucker wears glasses now too. Now I'm wondering what he looks like with the glasses on. Well, I, I couldn't imagine he looks much different than with the glasses off. He looks like a smaller Bubba. <laughs> baby bubba <laughs> the other weird thing about it is that how come he's not as small as I remember wasn't he like way smaller he looks like he has put on some weight for sure but... no I don't mean weight wise though I just mean like what, I, always, I always thought he was a smaller guy yeah he's not that small yeah, he he's not like he as this... small as the other two as I remember him being right? he always seemed like this small thing that you could just throw around right <laughs> We were looking Spike at it, used to like, be the bump machine back in the day. You remember some of the ass kicking Spike used to he's take? He's fucking small. They were throwing this big ass motherfucker around. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like that thing where we talked about before how like Rhea Ripley looks like she's like 16 foot, 8 foot, 12 on TV, but like I think me and her are like the same height. Yeah, well, cool. Fucking camera adds three feet or she takes it away, one or the other. Everyone you know is getting old. Things that make me sad. Yeah, tell me about it. Freaking my first raw, I saw Spike Dudley there. Like, was I remember like the mop top. I remember all that shit. Damn, he was on. He, Spike Dudley was already there at your first raw. That's crazy, bro. Oh, Spike had been there. Spike was was in the middle of his singles run. I don't even know if Spike was wrestling when I was watching Raw. <laughs> He wasn't even LSD little Spike Dudley. You know what I think? When I see this picture, I don't know why, but it's the first memory that pops into my head. Do you remember Spike's TNA run when he broke off from the Dudleys when he went to Japan? Vaguely, the brother run shit. And he was like, he was like feuding with Abyss. Uh huh. 
all I remember from that angle, I don't know why this always stuck to me, but I remember it was it was that year's Bound for Glory. And I knew I remember it because I had that Bound for Glory on DVD. For some reason, this man came out for that Monsters Ball match, I think, with a blue mohawk and a red beard. So and to crazy. this day, it always bothered me. Like, why was that the Bound for Glory look? <laughs> Do you remember the real name of the Dudley dog back in the real ECW? Yeah, the acid drop. Yeah. Which that, that, that's what they called it when he was a TNA. Good. That's what it is. He was what brother run. They called it the acid drop. Why the hell did they call it the Dudley dog? That's terrible, right? Because of the children. Yeah, but the children aren't going to know anything. Just because a guy comes out all tweaked out wearing tie-dye clothes and his most called the acid drop doesn't mean that we're talking about the same kind of acid. <laughs> I don't know. You get some on some of these kids nowadays smarter than you would think. Kids will fuck around and tell you some shit, and it's like, why do you know this? They're gonna drop acid and start bulldog slamming people. <laughs> they got that disclaimer in front of the television for a reason, right? <laughs> you haven't lived until you you haven't lived until you've seen a kid get tombstone in recess. Okay. Well, that's it. God, that's it. Yeah, it's just depressing. I don't know why I <laughs> right. depress myself. I watched it overall when Spike was on the show, and I was like, what happened? Like, if you want to feel better, look at uh, Christina Applegate. She's still hot. I mean, yeah, if I, if I got to do something to make me happy. She recently got put on the uh, Hollywood thing, right? Yes, walk of fame. Yeah, good for her. How old is she now? She's up there. She's... I can't remember exactly how old, though. I'll keep up with too many celebrity ages. Celebrity women refuse to age, man. They they force that shit away with their key. They they pull like a <laughs> they pull like a Genkai or a Sonata from Naruto. They're just using the sheer power of their key to just retain that shit in. Let me tell you what they do. They have an infinite supply of evil containment wave cases. Holy shit, she's 50. Wrinkles, evil containment wave. So she's 50. How old is uh, Spike Dudley? Oh, that's a good uh, Spike going to be younger than 50. 52. Oh, God. Okay, he's older than 50. All right. Yeah. God, Spike's 52. Holy Jesus. Oh. Yeah, see what I mean? Time's better to the women, for sure. Or at least in these particular examples. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, even Devon looks older, but Devon doesn't look like he's gotten old. Like, Spike looks old. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look bad. He just looks old. <laughs> I guess that's what happens. All right, well, that was depressing. <laughs> I mean, he looks good, though. You know, I, mean, I have to say something. Yeah, he looks pretty. He, he looks and, decent for 52. Yeah, I have to say something. <laughs> he. Well, we're, we're, we're going to blame the being a bump machine all those years. We're just. The bumps are taking their toll, but. Fair enough. Let's do a weekly. How about that? That'll make us all feel better. Yeah. Everybody's still young on those. 
Yeah, those only happened like a day or two ago, so you wind up with with less shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna because I want to knock those out of the box quickly because of the weekend. I'm gonna start off with an AEW. So let's look at Rampage sixty seven. Yeah. Give me a second here to queue it up on our system. Good old worst time slide of the week, Rampage. Rampage 67 came to us from Boston, Massachusetts. From the Agonacent Arena. I feel like they don't really leave the places they are too often. What do they do? Film like four of these shits? Like, didn't, wasn't There's like a time? handful of places. There's like six or seven places that they go to. Got That's why it's so easy to catch an AEW show. All you gotta do is just think, okay, what's there? there? All right, two more shows, they'll be here. I think Jack is awfully, awfully brave here. Perry only makes his challenges face to face, waiting to hear what it is that you have to say. I think this kid is going to say, if he says red hot, still great with no forgiveness. By Jungle Boy, understandably so, but still. You must be from Boston. Why don't you actually become a challenge? Because in case you're forgetting, I beat you in less than 10 seconds at All Out in my hometown of Toronto. You decided to stick your nose in and cost us. So you are out here right now to bitch and to whine and to complain. You wasted three years of my life that I will never get back. And I'm going to stack all of the odds against myself. Because at full gear, I want you inside of a steel cage. Wow. You're not as good as everybody said you were, Jack. The real pillar is standing to my left and just so happens to be my right hand of destruction. So we're gonna have to put you down for good. We accept your challenge. Make sure your mom is cozied up ringside like she usually is at all the pay-per-views. <laughs> I like that he just goes to strangle him. Nothing fancy, just goozle. Talks about the kids' family. Yeah, that takes it too far. And now Christian's setting up that chair. Jungle Boy, oh, just chucks that shit. I hate when the chair doesn't give like that. Yeah, brutal. By the way, what's up, Willie, in the chat? I actually just read the chat. I read it early, but I forgot because I was doing the intro and shit. And also, Blue Boba, what's going on? That was all during the intro. So I didn't forget about you guys. I just have that many screens in front of me. Thanks for joining us, What's guys. Going on, guys. So yeah, Christian and Luchasaurus beating the shit out of Jungle Boy. Yeah, now we got a cage match of full gear. Yeah, this is more Luchasaurus than it is Christian. I, I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, considering that Christian's injured, it makes sense. Like, you don't want you don't want Christian to be the only one in this little thing not wrestling and it'd be more about him than anything else yeah because then it's like that's that's that, that just makes luchasaurus look like shit if an injured guy is making more of this than he is last week you had the opportunity to become double champion what's next for you well uh, if i can stop you there and this is something i tried to tell you before but you didn't listen to me there's a reason that you're not the old atlantic champion ray there's a reason you're not the world heavyweight champion there's even a reason your best friend eddie kingston we have to be smart boys we're on the top of the mountain now and we've got a huge target on our backs we must defend that and we must defend this by any means necessary AEW World so about this whole thing right 
Like, why are these guys suddenly so hesitant to be violent? Are you kidding me right, right. now? Right. Like, the two of them, I've, are, they've, I've seen them do violent shit before. And, like, all of a sudden, this dude's pulling out hammers and shit. And they're looking like, oh, man, dude, chill. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Hold on. I've watched Penta almost kill people on multiple occasions. I've watched Phoenix almost kill himself trying to kill people. Like these Why the two, is there hesitation? These are the two scariest luchadors alive. Like, why the fuck? <laughs> this why is the blueprint to... for if you want to make a badass luchador. It's just such a weird storyline for him to have a hammer and then be like, ah. Like, they look, look at how concerned they look that this dude has a hammer. Like, bro, I've seen you guys before. Like, I, I, I could see it maybe with Phoenix, but why Penta? Like, if they're trying to turn Pac heel, this is definitely the wrong way to go about it. That Like, when people ask, well, what, why did he turn heel? It'll be like, what, he was too violent for the Lucha Bros? Right. You know he, the Lucha Bros that one in the black and white that Lucha Underground made his legacy on breaking people's arms. It this, still does it to this day. This storyline the hammer was too much. This storyline worked better if it was like the Varsity guys or whatever, like Pillman and the other guy and Compton or not Compton. <laughs> oh, was oh. <laughs> Jesus, Pillman and uh and and uh Garrison. Garrison, right? <laughs> I can't right. believe you just Cliff Compton him. Oh my god! <laughs> and it makes even less sense because if you follow these three guys throughout their history, the one promoting violence is kind of the least violent of the three. When you kind of yeah, and he's over there with a hammer, like you're gonna have to take care of business. Plop, 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 and they're like, ah, that's not very luchy of him. Like, oh <laughs> wow! I just found this weird, and he's right. They're fighting yeah, a lot of dangerous people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what happened here, but that's the second or third time I've seen it. The first couple of times I ignored it, but I'm like, all right, we get it. You have a hammer, and they're uncomfortable about it. We need more. I I, I can imagine it being like maybe mid match. You're like, no, we already got this. We don't need it. But when it's like a pre-match pep talk, that's a whole different ballgame. It's like, this is kind of scratchy we want to go into. Or if the hammer fucked him over, right? Like if the Yeah, hammer like have it be something weird, over. like the hammer cost him. And then he's coming out with it again, and they're like, ah, oh, dude, we already, you know, but nothing's happened. He's kind of right so far. You have to prove him wrong. Something would have to go wrong with said thing. I would like this angle to just be that they eventually listen. I've seen that happen in storylines like this before. Like, I like it to just be that eventually, like, they're, they're out there and there's a situation, like, one of them stops his hand with the hammer and then they take it and hit somebody. Like, you're right, you know, and they all just kick somebody down. Like, don't yeah. make it that they split Turn up wheel. because, yeah, like, don't make it they split up because they don't like hammers. By any means necessary. <laughs> That's such a funny storyline. <laughs> anyway, you get an AW World Title Eliminator Tournament first round match. Brian Cage being accompanied by Prince Nana against Dante Martin. You know, they they love them some Dante. They always talk about how athletic he is. They never talk about how he doesn't win no matches. You know? That was fucking nuts by Cage. Catching him. One of Cage's signatures. Catching him out of the dive into the suplex. That's a dangerous move, though, man. Yeah, you gotta be careful with that. Like, I there's so many things that could go wrong there that I can't even really think of them all. <laughs> you could tear your bicep from that shit. You could like everybody can get messed up if that goes a little bit off, you know? Yeah, but then again, I guess that is why Cage doesn't do that with everybody. He's only like I've noticed he only does that with people around Dante Dante's size. 
you know Cage is I Cage is good. Cage is really good, you know. I I'm glad they turned. They finally like because when he first showed up in AEW, things were just kind of rough. But it's like now they've like cut the dude loose. Like if you let Cage go, he could be one of the best guys on your roster. To this day, I never understood why Lucha Underground didn't make him champion because the guy is great. He's yeah, a he good is. big man that just happens to be able to do some aerial shit. <laughs> yeah, and like, on, the on paper, hand, that is a horrifying combination. And on the other hand. Dante just happens to do nothing but aerial shit. As much as people like him, I hate to say it, but could you really push a guy like Dante Martin as like a top guy? Like all his shit looks nice, you know, but you're telling me that this is what the pay-per-view matches would be when he fights guys like that, just him twirling all over the air and shit? I just don't I don't yeah. know if it's a good look. Versus Cage where it's like, yeah, you, you when you when if you're a typical wrestling fan, you look at Cage, it's like, oh yeah, he does some big stuff. And then he busts out like a moonsault. It's like, wait, he does that too? And Dante's really good, <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, but he's very aerial. He's more aerial than a lot of the Lucha guys. You know? Yeah. That's weird. Motherfuckers frequent flyer miles out the ass. Mm-hmm. My finals are now. Lee, you had a huge showing against AEW world champion John Moxley. Lexi, I learned that my confidence is at an all-time high now. That I can compete with the very best that AEW has to offer. It's time for me to collect some gold. And it don't matter who got it? Who wants any champion here in AEW? So if you... As you were saying, brother, I'm sorry, you were talking. <laughs> I like that. Kingdom of pain. Until the world is covered in ash. Look at that. They're being reborn. They're being resigned. <laughs> so, I guess everybody worried about them being gone. It's not really a concern anymore, right? Uh, yeah, only the marks that think every time somebody so much as blinks in the wrong direction, they're leaving the company. Thought that. Oh, this is it. He probably did. <laughs> Listen, want to leave the they're taking a break. They'll be back. Like he probably did want to leave the company, and someone talked him out of it. Yeah, could it be? I mean, with Triple H being in charge. Tony, I hope Tony's understood how much some of the guys he signed are starting to look over like, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully they're back for good because I thought it was really crappy that they left poor Julie after they turned her, right? Yeah. <laughs> poor girl by herself here. Mm-hmm. But hey, got a little bit of time to charge the battery, so. Back to the grind. Indeed, indeed. And that brings us to the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament first round match. Roosh being accompanied by Jose, the assistant against Bandito. And look at it. They start right away. There's no rush, no chill here. Yep. And in you know, ROH World Championship rematch, if you know your ROH history as well. Mm-hmm. Because this is the exact match where Bandito won the ROH world title was against Roosh. Yep, and now here they are in AEW full time. Like I'm guessing it's full time, right? I mean, it'd be, it'd be amazing. It'd be some shit if it wasn't, right? Yeah. What were your thoughts in regards to these two? I like Roosh better. Oh. Like I think Roosh is a more well-rounded guy, you know. Yeah, I've always, I, I've always, always been a fan of Bandito for God, maybe a few years now. 
but the same thing with Rouge. So I was kind of torn in this match. This is one of those matches where I'm like, man, I want one guy to win. I want the other one to win. I don't care who wins, but at the same time, I'm kind of concerned to see. <laughs> but no, this was an enjoyable match. I think the fact that like it was a good decision, whoever won made just the ride itself enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. These two guys like stylistically, clearly... they match up incredibly. Like they know you. You could tell they've been in, in the ring several dozen times with how well everything linked up. Yeah, so it's a very easy go to. And they have, of course, Jose the assistant on the outside screwing around, disrespecting masks. I wish that uh, this guy was a little bit less cartoony, man. <laughs> it kind of gets in my nose. You got to be see the upsetting part about this. Like, is that come on, he does do... so well. Like you got to be always very cartoony, John Silver. <laughs> hey, when you that small but that strong, you do what the fuck you want to. <laughs> he said he ain't riding the teacups. He ain't riding the teacups. Good about last couple weeks. We were a great team once. You can't deny that. Maybe you should think about sports entertaining. No, 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 no. Don't answer now. Just think about it. I like this hat. What's <laughs> okay. such a weird way to end it, right? I mean, yeah, stand up for your hat. Anyway. Singles match. Kayla Sparks against Nyla Rose being accompanied by Marina Shafir and Vicky Guerrero. What are your thoughts here? What the hell is Nyla wearing besides that thought? What is that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I got distracted by that for a second. I'm so glad you said something. Yeah. Uh, so, first thing first, definitely I love this whole uh, different route that Nyla's been taking. Hey, um, Gideon Jay's head. Everybody's just been trying to beat her in the ring. She's trying to beat her in her head now. I mean, God, for God's sake, she beat her with Jaded and then did the most over-exaggerated version of Jade's thought when she hits the move. Who's the baby face in this angle? It's Nyla. Stealing the title and antagonizing her and distracting her during her matches? I couldn't tell who the baby face was in this angle anymore. Oh, excuse me. That, that, that's head games right there. Because it's like I said, everybody's been trying to beat her in the ropes. Whereas Nyla's like, I can see if I could beat her outside of the ropes first and then beat her in. Gotcha. Screw with her head so then by the time you get the match, she's already too flustered and distracted to be able to fully focus. This is pretty entertaining stuff. The cover and the win. Oh my God. She said Wednesday she'd be here. Marching to the ring, but there's Kiara Hogan got laid out. And the for the TBS Championship, paid back and keep her away from Nyla. You see Nyla Lee Johnson looks to the throne, the AEW All-Atlantic Champion, Orange Cassidy. Lee Johnson, ever since you attacked Dan Housen and joined the factory, you've had a new attitude. Do you think that that new attitude is going to help you win? Lee Johnson didn't join the factory. Lee Johnson came home. Lee Johnson brings home the first championship. I said that tonight, Shoddy starts the party. I know that Orange Cassidy is a world-class competitor. Definitely not. Some cons playing dinky ass like Dan Hoss. Now rip your teeth out! Looks like there's been enough talk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got it's it. I got time. it. I got it. <laughs> it's time! It's time! It's time! Looks like there's been enough talk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got it's it. I got time. it. I got it. It's time for the main. Oh, I love how he's so defensive of that line. Like, no, that's mine. You don't take my little ray of sunshine. Uh, that's for every time he's on, he has to get worried now. He's like, oh, man, is this guy going to continue to screw me over? 
Anyway, AEW All Atlantic title match: Orange Cassidy being accompanied by by Chuck Taylor, Tremberetta, and Danhausen against Lee Johnson being accompanied by Cole Carter, Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall. And yeah, this is a fighting champion, man. Orange Cassidy, whether you like it or not, is a fighting He's champion. Fighting everybody they put in front of him, or everybody who even so much as said, "I want it." Like, all right, come get it. Yeah, he's not teaser. It's still hard for me to believe some of these matches he's winning, like against Shibata. But, but sure, that's their guy. That's who's getting the push, you know. See, the Shibata one kind of took me out of it. Lee Moriarty, highly believable, he can beat him. <laughs> oh yeah, he could beat Lee Moriarty. Yeah, that was it, it. It was almost weird that Lee Moriarty even got the match. Like. It's weird whenever somebody gets a match in this. Yeah, AEW definitely seems to have a very, like, open fight night-esque policy when it comes to championship matches. Like. Yeah, like anyone can be a champion at any time, which really shouldn't be the case. Should be things like, like, Dana Brooke can't just walk up and get a women's championship match. She can barely look at the champion. Whereas at AEW, it's just like, all right, you want one? Cool, get it. Look at that Cole Carter. Instead of sleeping with the fishes, he's hugging with the best friends. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's rough, buddy. I love the ref puts the shades back on for You have to, you know? <laughs> it's all about the shades. Oh, God. See, Braun, the indies worked out for some of us. But the ratings didn't work out for this one of us. 432,000 nope. viewers, 138 in the in the 18 to 49 demographic. So down from the 455 of last week. It's a Friday show. After SmackDown. And the news for At that 10. gets Yeah, and the news for that gets worse because uh the November twenty fifth episode of Rampage is gonna air at four PM oh, Eastern oh. Standard Time instead of ten PM. Because it's the holidays, and after all, you know, November 25th is what? That's the day after Thanksgiving, right? It's a Friday. It's Black Friday. So they have to consider oh families and shit. I'm just kidding. They don't give a fuck about family. It's because there's two NHL games that are going to be televised that day. One at 5 p.m. <laughs> Eastern and 10.30 p.m. Eastern. There's a bunch of hockey going on. I'm TNT more mad Network. how you had me buying into the, the Black Friday and family thing. It's just a bunch of hockey. So Rampage will be at 4 p.m. for whoever the hell's home watching wrestling at 4 p.m. on a freaking Friday. I mean, hey, if you've survived the stage four apocalypse that is walking into a Walmart on Black Friday, you probably want to just sit there and chill and watch a Rampage. I'm sure that their 432,000 viewers are going to be thrilled to tune in literally six hours earlier. That's not going to hurt that number at all. Impact, you might have competition. We might be going head to head this Friday. No, I'm kidding. But hey, fuck it, hockey. As a matter of fact, if you, if you watch, if you watch Rampage, it'll lead right into the first hockey game. And if you watch the first hockey game, it'll lead right into the second hockey game. Why even change the channel? You could just tune in at 4 p.m. and have a TNT good time. Tony Khan sitting there like, well. Crown Jewel aired at noon, and I'm like, yes, Tony, because that's Crown Jewel, not Rampage. I well, he doesn't control it. I'm sure he doesn't want that fucking 4 p.m. death slot. <laughs> but you know, Tony go try to type it up. Like, yeah, it's exactly what we thought it would be. 
No, you didn't. <laughs> it's like it's almost crown jewel hours. Like, like just because I live in the South doesn't mean I'm stupid. Come on now, Tony. Get together. Yeah, Stacey's is right. People still go be a food coma. It's like, what? <laughs> people go be dead in hell. Like, what you be for? People? Yeah, that is a weird. And they're gonna then this Black Friday is such a. I mean, I guess they had no choice, man. But the hockey is just such a weird situation. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, this is so funny to watch sports always fucking with wrestling. Like, but this is like a disaster because yes, this is bad. <laughs> because that's the rampage that leads into the following day's pay per view. I couldn't think of a worse week to. Well, actually, no. This is because it's a week. It's a week out, right? Is it a week out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This coming rampage tomorrow leads into full gear. Okay. Good. Well, at least we have that. Yeah. So we have one more rampage before full gear. Yeah. The go home show's not fucked. We're okay. Yeah, that would have been a disaster. So they have that at least. Anyway, we got one of those out of the way. We'll save dynamite for a little bit. They too. Bobby Fish actually did some boxing. Yeah. Bobby switched it up a little bit. Yeah. Not that much, though, because apparently he tried to slam his opponent, is what it looks like from what I saw. <laughs> right <here. laughs> seen this? Whoop. Yeah, Bobby man. forgot where he was for a second. Different sports. No no northern lights here. You know what the you know what the funny thing about it is? You say the wrestling, I can see that more being the mixed martial artist in him. Take down. Slam Wrong sport, homie. Wrong sport. Yo, I wanna know what the other guy was thinking when he was in the air. Yeah. And then Because you don't have... see people get lifted during boxing, like Again, nice jab off the step in. And you see, Bobby goes right to that Muay Thai plum clinch. Oh, oh, see oh right hand. Hand. Ow. Stuck. Does he still want to be in that? Oh, his off. shoulder. That's it. Oh, That's it. Okay. Looks like the shoulder might be bothering yeah. Boateng. I don't know if he fell on it wrong or if it was something that... I mean, I saw a right hand. Did the right hand knock right. his shoulder up? And you see, Bobby goes right to that. Let's look at this. Not out of the realm of possibility. The impact probably could have shook something loose. All right, well, either way, he hit him with he hit him with like a flush right hand, like he caught all of that. Well, congratulations to Bobby. Huh? Looks like the shoulder might yeah, popped him by the boxing world and said hello. Yeah, good for him. Hey, at least he knows that, that when impact falls, he got something to back up on. There's a couple of source links there for those vids. It's pretty cool, though, for him to get that opportunity. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's good that he didn't look bad doing it. Exactly. <laughs> this is kind of funny how he goes into another sport, a full contact sport like boxing, does okay. Other people having side gigs. I guess you could always have side gigs. We have Sammy Guevara 
who was in Dubai Sunday night for a boxing event, and he was brought in as a backstage correspondent. That's an interesting choice of backstage correspondent. I don't know if he has right, any experience. Like, that's different. Dubai, different on bullpens. Try one more time. Hey, Dubai, I know you guys are stupid, but I asked, do you guys want to see me box? Oh, he's getting, he's even getting, getting heat there. Never say never. And, uh, Hey, if the right opportunity comes, everybody can get it. Look, you know, Dubai, you want to see me box? Yeah, he's just a heel everywhere. He gets X-Pac levels of heat. Right. I mean, living the gimmick. I don't know if he meant to be living the gimmick in that particular case. Right. That, like, that's the one place where it's okay to be you. you just, they may no, say, no, I'm seeing the Guevara everywhere. No, I mean, they started booing him before he did that. Oh, well. They encouraged it at that point, so Yeah, they didn't encourage it. They're booing him. He's getting bad he's getting like bad reactions. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it depends on how you look at it, you know. Yeah. Let's see what else we have going on here. I'm just kinda of cherry picking our stories. Oh, another person who had a a side gig and we talked about this last week, CM Punk. When he was at that, <laughs> yeah. When he was at that CFFC event, he made a little joke. He made a funny. Wow. Let's not do that it's anymore. Bad. All right. <laughs> so great to have you, man. Great lineup of fights, but it's always a little bit different when we got CM Punk in the building. I'm happy to be here. I've missed you. I've missed everybody watching at home. I've missed the fights, and tonight I'm not going to do that. We're on UFC Fight Pass all the way through, so we appreciate. You. <laughs> <See> you. <laughs> tonight I'm not going to do that. I missed the fights, and tonight I'm not going to do that. Jesus. Waka waka waka. That's all I get. Yeah, we haven't confirmed anything else with uh whether or not he's coming back or a lot of people are like, well, he won't be back, they're buying his contract, but no one's confirmed anything. Everything's just speculation at this point. That's why we don't report as heavily as everybody else does on it, because I don't want to just buy into rumors. I haven't seen anything solid. Aside from it right. might be this, it might be that. You could read that shit all day. It doesn't mean anything. All you heard is hearsay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything until you get a confirmation of something. I don't know. All right. Let's talk about SmackDown. SmackDown wife. Which came to us from Indianapolis, Indiana's Gamebridge Fieldhouse. They decide to open the show with a tag team match. Tag team title match. What's interesting yep. about this match is it's the Usos against the New Day. And it's not only for the titles, but it's for the record of longest champion in WWE history. So uh, the timing to something like this couldn't be better because of the simple fact that... Uh, Two titles, in a sense, are on the line. They're winning for yeah. the chance not only to up the, upset the uh, the Usos, but they could have stopped their title range a day short. You know? Like, this this was probably the... And actually, I like the fact that for the Usos especially, you don't too often see the record holder get a chance to defend their record. 
Yeah, it was perfect. So it makes it that, that much way. because literally the only thing stopping the Usos are the guys who hold the record. And this is probably the only time in WWE history that that's ever going to happen. You would need another person to get up to that number and face the current people who are at that number, which is highly improbable. Yeah, because remember like how a, long it took any it took New Day it it took um the New Day to come around and Demolition had that record what twenty years I think yeah once in a lifetime situation and then again it's two tag teams that put on nothing but bangers and the stakes are higher than they've ever been <laughs> yeah excellent job here. Like, this wow. is the definition of starting hot because it's literally its legacy on the line. And the reality is these are the two teams that carried this entire tag division through the last couple of eras, more than anyone yeah, else. Before though. the pandemic, through the pandemic, and after the pandemic. And even before that, I felt like the Usos, and I've said it here years ago and people call me crazy, but I said I always felt like it was the Usos tag division. And I said that when they were doing the, the, the fucking dance at the top of the ramp. Yeah, it was hard. To, to find a time when they weren't tag champions in one way or the other. Or just being in the, the tag team scene and the tag team championship they, They've scene. always been in the mix. Yeah. So. Like, even when, um, even when they cut that promo about the fact that there were multiple WrestleManias, they were on the pre-show. Even though they were on the pre-show, they were still in the mix of the tag division. Yeah. But not to be overlooked, let's talk about the fall of New Day, huh? They've taken everything from those guys. They took their championship. They took their their uh, longest streak of all time has now been lost. Um, they yeah, no longer have they're... Big E. They're not really doing much. Like they really completely like the new day are on a on a downward slide right now. You know. Yeah, it's crazy to see like they were at the top for so long, but I mean, I guess it's the old thing Tupac once said: the f- most fun part is on the way up because once because once you get to the top, there's nowhere else to go but down. Yeah, that first step is a doozy. And New Day's been at the top for a long time. Feels good, right? You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. This is what being the greatest of all time feels like. Yes. Now that y'all got that done. It's time for me to handle some stuff. We're gonna handle this business out in the ring tonight. Y'all with me? Love you. Yeah. Love you, man. Yeah, you guys love all that gold that he's been getting you too. Being part of listening to him actually worked. But to shoot for a second, okay. those two fucking deserve that. Mm-hmm. Because they have worked their asses off and they have lived beyond their family's legacy. Yeah. Like, holy shit. So, SmackDown World Cup first round match Shinsuke Nakamura against Santos Escobar, being accompanied by the rest of Legado del Fantasma. Kill Bill Nakamura. Yeah, Kill Bill gets killed because uh, Santos goes over here. He <laughs> did a bitch. <laughs> uh, Santos kills Bill. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'd be go- he'd be he's Bruce Lee Nakamura though. To be fair, I doubt he was thinking of Kill Bill at all. You know. Yeah, I can see I can see Bruce Lee. You know, like the Kill Bill it was taken from Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was his first thought. But yeah, very very cool. What was the Avalanche Falcon Arrow from the top, the top or Avalanche yeah. Michinoko? 
So I don't know like, which one it would be. But either camera way. angle is kind of funky. That's not a problem. Like mm-hmm. And this goes uh, next is the uh, L.A. Knight stuff. I assure you. I know you see Liv Morgan, but there's L.A. Knight stuff coming up. Yeah. L.A. Knight. Told you. Let's think about it. Every single one of you out there, I hope. Why is that? Because I can't stop this gravy train. I can't stop. Is that more interesting than I am right now? Is that... Somebody fix... Yeah, fix that. Go ahead and turn this trash off. Amen. My name is Bray. So now we can be friends. Huh? Anger and rage brewing inside you. My rage was going to make a monster out of me. I've been for the longest time. I just I don't know how true that is anymore. You know what it takes to give respect, man. How far are you willing to go? Play with your little puppets. Stick them anywhere that gives you pleasure. It's okay with me. Whose game is it? Telling <laughs> Basically told you to shove your puppets up your ass. Look at that. He knocked you I'm down. I'm going to hit him that. with a sideways head, but I've never seen anybody do a sideways one before. And I go straight into the WWE Women's title number one contender six pack challenge match this was doo-doo i don't know whose idea it was to just say let's have six people all fight each other and whoever gets the first pin is the number one contender especially when there's so many in them that don't like why is Lacey Evans in this match but just why is why is everything you know what i mean like this is just a mess At, at a certain point there has to be less chaos than this you just threw all six girls out there, and whatever happens, happens. You know who's going over. I mean, Shotzi goes over. But if you're going to do a match like this, make it elimination or put some structure to it. Like, doesn't really or make you a contender. Have it just be know? only the people who, like, like if you're going to do this right, you have Liv, Raquel, and Shotzi. Why? Because Liv, Raquel, and Shotzi are the only ones in this, all the only ones in this match that actually are worth anything. Like, what, what, the, what the fuck is Zia Lee and Lacey Evans doing here? I haven't seen them in like two or three months. That was ugly, too. You saw that? Oh, yeah, that was... Oh, good Lord. It's just too much going on. Too busy of a match. A lot of these people weren't even in any storylines. Then Shotzi wins it. Good for her. Yeah. Like, it just it just didn't make sense. Like, he's like here's, here's a pro tip of, like, booking. When I haven't seen the person in so long, I forgot they were on the roster, they shouldn't be in the match. But good for Shotzi. Good to see her getting a moment in the sun. I just want to say, you took Rhonda to her limit. Did you see Madcap around? No, why? Never mind. Oh my God, because that's my boyfriend. Why did making a crush? Her and Madcap have been together for, since August. Enjoy your time in the spot. Because we're not supposed to know that. I'm going to give you the beating of a lifetime. Either way, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Are you honest. done yet? I might just surprise Rhonda. You turn around and say it to her then. Horrible. Yeah, so we got a heel Ronda now. Only two horsemen, but hey, better than none, right? Yeah, at least these ones consistently get along. Yeah, definitely. Brutal stuff, though. What do you think of Ronda's heel run with uh, with Shayna? I've been waiting for them to put those two together, and I'm glad that they did it as heels because 
we've we saw in her entire NXT run, Shayna's a fucking monster if you turn that girl loose. And now she's paired up with one of her best friends and the baddest bitch on the whole in the whole roster. And thankfully, that's a not, nightmare for the rest of the division. Yeah, now thankfully, Shayna won't be overlooked or jobbed out, which is what they were doing when she wasn't with Ronda. Ronda probably specifically requested for this. Yeah, it makes sense because yes, it's Ronda Rousey who's basically the face of women's MMA. But people do it, like I mentioned probably before, Shayna was in the top 10 in women's MMA for over a decade. Ronda doesn't see herself above her, so Ronda's not going to let them treat her as if Shayna's below her. Yeah. So we're probably, we're going we're gonna to get the best Shayna Baszler we've had on the main roster, hands down. And it's not like the whole Nia Jax and Shayna thing where it doesn't look convincing. It's 100% convincing because they're 100% actual friends. Mm-hmm. Ali is your first round opponent next week. This is a chance for me to go out there and earn another opportunity to get back what is mine. You know, I want you to fight with all your hearts because I would love to beat you again. Monster of all monsters will be an act. Anyway, Braun Strowman. Yeah, let's get this going. Is Braun Strowman. In the SmackDown World Cup first round match against Jinder Mahal. It's funny how Jinder just like appears once every like few months. Somebody just to feed Everybody. to Braun. Everybody's just like, Jinder, former WWE champion. I'm like, what? Okay, yeah. Like, you guys right. didn't give a shit that he was WWE champion. Now stop acting like you did. Like they're so full of it. Tell me that like the year after he lost the title, okay. But you don't tell me that after I'm sitting. And now I think about where the fuck is Shanky? They just gave up on him. They said no more Shanky. <laughs> that motherfucker started dancing and they said no bye. Triple H said no that. dancing. Yeah, so what is this what is this cup? It's not the Andre Cup, right? So what this is, the winner of this whole thing gets an Intercontinental title shot. Yeah. Mm. So what happened? No more Andre Cup? I mean, I guess not. They're like, screw the Andre Cup. Nobody even gets over off of that thing anyway. You get a cup. <laughs> cup of noodle. No. <laughs> so next, Ugh. you think you're going to get Hero. But you're not. And if you didn't know, now you know. Because they're back. Sarah Logan finally shows up. Yep. And do you happen to know who, uh, what her look is actually inspired by? Well, by all means, tell me. Interestingly enough, her look, uh, Sarah Logan's new look is inspired by um, a, a girl on the indies known as Max the Impaler. 
She's actually no. one of um, she's um, a, a rather big name on the Indies that's passed through everywhere from ROH. She's been to Japan. She's been all over the place. And Sarah's actually um, boasted a little bit of her look off of Max. Now, is she inspired by Max the Impaler, or did she just steal it? I think it's a little bit more inspired. Because if it's inspired, then that means Max the Impaler would know about it, right? Because I got the impression from everybody on the internet that are fans of Max the Impaler that they didn't know. They were like, wow, Sarah Logan just stole the look of Max the Impaler from the indies. So I don't know how much inspiration there is. We're going to have to check into that. Yeah, definitely be interesting to see more. But for anybody that's wondering, you probably don't know who, who Max the Impaler is. Let me see if I could bring some shit up here. This looks like the last thing you want to run into in a dark alley. Do you have anything less than a rocket launcher? Let me bring up a clip. I actually have a clip of Max the Impaler here. Yeah, I've seen her a few times on the Indies. Specifically in ROH. Kind of, kind of like near the end of days of the uh, old ROH. I saw her a couple of times. I'll skip across here. That's not her. Where is she? Oh, yeah, that is her. There may not be a more formidable duo anywhere in wrestling today. Absolutely. Looks like I'd run into her in fucking Elden Ring. Yeah, why is the girl next to her so fucking small? Like, my God. Making their debut, and it's already been an be Max the Impaler and Lufisto. A huge clash of titans here at Women's Wrestling Army. That was the camera angles couldn't be worse in this place. Yeah, they are not. It's hard to... Like, how hard is it just to get a good look at the girl? Like, what is it? Do we got dwarves running the fucking cameras? <laughs> like, nobody seemed to have a center of, of gravity there. I have another video, though. Maybe somebody knew how to hold the camera on this one. Let me get it up on the screen. Nobody was trying to film the event with the body cam. Like, no, Jenkins, you want to hold that up, up. I mean, the look is highly similar, you know? Yeah. Looks like she kind of looks like Sarah maybe switched a couple of things up, but. Oh, this is unsettling. And I can't do that while you're all stomping around, stomping around. As much as I love it so, I am 
Okay. Enough of that. All right. <sighs> but whether it's Max the Impaler or Sarah Logan, they both took that shit from Hellblade sooner sacrifice. Yeah. God, that fucking game. Oh. Look at this woman. That's totally her. Yeah, I can see it more. I can see it being more Hellblade. Well, they both than, did. Oh, uh, Max. Look at the two of them side by side. See, I see the side by side, and I'm like, "Hey, Trips, can you bring Max in?" No, like, look at that side by side comparison. There, it's it's compelling how identical they are. Sarah looks badass though with that look, though. No, but that's that's like the most menacing I've ever seen her in WWE. If you go back to Hellblade, you almost can't tell the difference. It just looks like they turned around. All right. They just look. It just it looks skinnier. That's it. Scary shit right there. Everybody's. I mean, it's from Norse mythology, so I mean, it could just be the look. Yeah, that that could just be a common look, really. The only difference is it's just like certain alterations to the paint. Exactly. But yeah, she's back with her husband. Hell yeah. No Liv got to be the happiest person in the room. The end of the world, the apocalypse that... That does not bode well for the future. I love the way everyone stands for the bloodline. Right. So what it doesn't show in the highlight is that he's like, people are always acknowledging me for my greatness, but Jimmy and Jay, and he's about to go, I acknowledge you, but instead, the brawling brutes come out. So I was thinking, they must really want to kill those motherfuckers now, right? Like, can you imagine that? Like, it's finally coming. Jimmy and Jay for one. That stupid music. Come on. <laughs> We're sick of the bloodline. Should Elbow is back. The Celtic Warrior. And tonight is the start of the end. <laughs> you can't even get the mic to work. What are you going to do? So fucked up. <laughs> so dirty. Roman 
Look at that, they squashed their beef. For the and sake of ass whooping. And believe it or not, they go off the air like this. They go off the air hot like it's the Attitude Era. Yep. Moments like this is where we need William Regal. Yeah, why? So to go war games. Yeah, I was about to say, because this is clearly going to be the men's war game match. It's weird that it's Survivor Series slash war games, you know? Yeah, I've been meaning to ask you about that, because it seems like now we're not going to get the elimination Survivor Series matches, but nor is it going to be replaced by these war games matches. Yeah, I kind of wanted there to be Survivor Series matches, too, being that it's called Survivor Series and all. Yeah. Like, I can understand Triple H obviously wanting to incorporate war games into it, but you could still have, like, the you could, in fact, what I was even thinking, you could kind of put the two together, make war games an elimination-style match. Like, once yeah. the war games officially begins, then it's elimination. Then it would be kind of like a... Uh... Lethal Lockdown, which well, actually no, Lethal Lockdown was one pin, also, right? Yeah, Lethal Lockdown was a uh, one was one volleyball finish. I think that that's what they should do. It should be Survivor Series War Games, literally. You got the five on yeah. each team, and then you get pinned, and you get eliminated. Why well, have a War Games? It's called Survivor Series, and you don't need a survivor. Like literally, at the end of a Survivor Series match, they call they they don't say your winner; they say who the survivors are. Right? Yeah. How could you not have a Survivor Series match? We still have a week. Let's see what happens. I don't know what else they could do, but we still have a week. You know? Hopefully Definitely cool that we're getting war games on the main roster, but still, it's like... Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Braun Strowman. Congratulations on your victory tonight in the first round of the SmackDown World Cup Tournament. You advanced to the second round, and we don't know who your opponent is yet, but how do you feel moving on to round two? I feel very confident in myself. There's some unbelievable talent in this tournament, and I'm really looking forward to stepping out there and mixing it up with them. But at the end of the day, they call me the monster of all monsters for a reason. And when you tune in to that second round, you'll see exactly why I am who they say I am. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, we'll send it back to you in the studio. I am backstage here with the winner of the number one contenders match, Shotzi. Shotzi, congratulations on your victory tonight. You will face Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And if I'm not mistaken, this is your first title opportunity here on SmackDown. How are you feeling after tonight's huge win? Honestly, I am just filled with so many emotions right now. Uh, I just... I can't help but think about just everything I've gone through this year, everything that I have overcome, the good, the bad, it has led me to this moment. And I am more than ready to give Rhonda the fight of her life. Even if she wants to bring Shayna in to bully me, it doesn't matter. I'm here and she's getting it. Well, Shotzi, congratulations once again, and best of luck as you face Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You guys, we'll send it back to you in the studio. You guys, thanks so much. Seamus, welcome back tonight. The boys you... are back in town. <laughs> you got it. I said out there, Megan, I said, we're sick of the bloodline using the numbers games all the time. Tonight was the first step in the downfall of the bloodline. They want to scrap. We love to scrap, and we're fired up. <laughs> Speaking of fired up, they should fire whatever in charge of those microphones because that was a bleeding botch job. Probably done by Roman's mates in the back. Either way, the message is clear. The start 
of the end of the bloodline is at hand and the brawling brutes are ready for war. He couldn't think of anything else to say, right? He was just like, not up to tip, up to tip my hat. I was gonna say, like, there was no clean way out of that one, unfortunately. And they didn't even bother to add this to the SmackDown lowdown. They put it on. They put it on a separate video on Twitter only. Which at that point, I don't even know why they bother to give a fuck out about it. Right. But here's this. Excuse me, Lacey Evans, you had a massive opportunity tonight to potentially face Ronda Rousey for the championship, but unfortunately it fell short. How do you come back? I have done everything that I've needed to do to not only get my foot in this door, but get opportunities. The glitz, the glamour, and every time I've come up short. Do you know what it is? It's because I got complacent. This lifestyle, I got comfortable. And to be honest with you, I have went out of my way to please everybody but myself. It's time to go back to basics. Well, that explains why they put it on Twitter where nobody can see it because it's Lacey Evans. Nobody gives a shit. Nothing's more basic than Twitter at this point. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be another gimmick change that's going to go nowhere, and then she's going to be back to showing up once every six months. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, done trying to please everyone. You didn't try. <laughs> Yo, she's had more gimmick changes. She, she's always mad. <laughs> nobody even knows why anymore. <laughs> what in the blue hell are you so angry about? Make a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> For real, like if anybody deserved that, it's her. <laughs> she is pissed off to have another baby, huh? She left all happy that Ric Flair knocked her up and she came back completely. I'm going to call her fucking postpartum uh, freaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> postpartum oh. Lacey. We are going to burn for that one. <laughs> postpartum lacy over here going through all kinds uh, of fucking mood swings and shit maybe it's her hormones get a bit some hogging dogs and calm the fuck down yeah right with the ice cream parlor <laughs> the damn serious shit get more ice light. cream let's give it changes <laughs> hashtag more ice cream more ice cream <laughs> for ice cream for lacy what a horrible fucking writing staff we have that they just keep doing weird shit with her right it's like, good lord Oh, Lord can't help her. He wrote the Bible, not this shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Smackdown did 2.114 million viewers. They're back over 2 million again. 0. 0.50 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up from the 0.40 of last week and the 1.970 million viewers that are there. And of course, they've definitely recovered from that 835,000 when they won Fox Sport 1 that one time. Remember that? Remember that? They got hockey. I don't even think it was hockey. It was something else. It was some shit. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they're back on the rise again. Ah, that is a uh, that is something special, huh? 
Oh, God. All right. What else do we have in the news? I keep toggling back and forth between news and this. Oh, you know, while we're talking about SmackDown and stuff, did you see the proof that Sami Zayn has always been day one? I think so. <laughs> I might have. I'm not sure. All right, one more time. One more time, Jason. Ah, yeah, I see that. <laughs> Oh, he was a day one ooze too. Hell yeah! <laughs> Why do you look like a turkey near the end? What the fuck? Why is his spine so flexible? Look at that shit. Oh, motherfucker! I had the moves in the NXT. What's more nostalgic, that or the Ascension? That's a good question. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about the, the... That's what they were called, right? The Ascension? Yeah. Remember we used to have this old woman that watched us that loved them? Don't say any names, please. <laughs> oh, God. She thought they were the fucking future. You better be glad you said something ahead of time. She thought they were the fucking future, boy. She was all about the ascension. We were like, those guys suck. Oh, Remember how much she loved them, man? She used to create... <laughs> she used to create little collages with them in the middle. You remember that? They used to have like little frame collages. <laughs> <get together. laughs> now, what's going to happen is she's going to pop back up in the chat room. I'm going to act like that shit wasn't funny. You know her. <laughs> Yo, you know, they used to have like little, like, almost like when you frame like an invitation to like a wedding. Like she would make these uh. fucking, and she had like a whole Facebook page of them. I don't know if it still exists, but it was like a whole Facebook page. It was just different frames of these two guys. <sighs> I think somebody, didn't somebody hijack her page at some point? Oh, and they might have. I remember they, they DM'd us like we could do something about it. And they were like, they took our Facebook group about the Ascension. And they told us to go make one about Kevin Steen and get 2,000 follows in order to get it back. I remember that being oh one of the best things God. I've ever seen. Wait, like, what? I, like, <laughs> like, I felt bad, but I, it was, like, so funny. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like, they, they DM'd us one day, and they were like, do you think you guys could help us? Like, what happened? You know the Ascension page we had? I believe it was the Ascension because they had a few weird pages. I think it was that one because remember they also had an Ambrose one. It might have been the Ambrose one. But whatever it was, one of them got hijacked. And they told them that in order to get their page back, they have to go make a Steen page and get it up to 2,000 followers and then they'll give them back the other ones. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Isn't it? What that's better. Fuck? That's better than the storylines in the wrestling. <laughs> right. Not I very. Can we see the slow burn on that one? Like no, that's how you get. That's how you grow pages. You take other people's and hold them fucking ransom. Apparently. <laughs> I couldn't believe when I heard that. Oh God. Oh, 
In other news, Logan Paul released, I guess, some behind the scenes. I guess the WWE released some behind the scenes footage of his entire experience from from entry to injury after Crown Jewel. Which did you hear that the person he trained with mainly was a uh, Drew Gulak? Drew Gulak's really the guy who you have to credit for the majority of Logan Paul's in ring training. I mean, hell, Drew. Drew is a hell of an athlete. So that's definitely not shocking to hear. Oh, yeah. He screamed. Ow! Unfortunately, that's kind of... I like how... Uh, oh, yikes. Ow! The first time he, he, he screamed, and he's like, I get it, I get it, all right. My job is to hurt you a little bit. Ow! And he hurt you even more. <laughs> possible i would have never believed you this is absolutely the biggest moment in my life there's all it's all eyes on me you know i'm i'm the underdog i'm the newcomer there's a lot of pressure this is the best the wwe has like so much production so much money so much energy put into this and i gotta show up so yeah it's the biggest moment in my life for sure i have to believe that part of me was built for this and i mean that i I don't feel nervous at all. I'm just Well, you've definitely proven that there are parts of you that need to be rebuilt for this. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so, it, there's so much production behind it. It's it's wild, man. Like it's unlike boxing, like production and show is It's so cool, bro. It's like magic. Great magic. Yeah, for real. No, no one does it like the WWE. You are looking live at Marasul Park Stadium. This is WWE Crown Jewel. What's up, what's up? What's up, my man? Fist bump, fist bump. Yeah, thank you. I like that. I love you, brother. I feel great. I, I, no nerves, to be honest. Like, when you prepare as much as I do for events of this magnitude, there's nothing left to do but go show up and perform. And honestly, like, this is what I do best, man. This is what I do best in the world. I discovered it at 27, but I feel so comfortable in the ring. I'll be doing this for a long time. This just happens to be my third match, and it happens to be for the WWE title. Honestly, guys, jokes aside, I hate all of you. <laughs> you got to give this quick kid credit, man. He goes from sport to sport, and he go, he, he becomes like a he gets like a variety of uh, credentials under his wing. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Right. Like that's that's a smart way just for like long term success because then if one doesn't work out, you have multiple things to back up on. Yeah, you know, as much as like if he ever guy, decided to stop doing one, he has something else he can still do. As much as I didn't give this guy credit, you know, the more I see him expand his horizons, he looks really good. I heard that he's not even doing SmackDown full time because on the side he's going to try to become a Pokemon master. I mean, hey, that's all I'm saying, man. Uh, 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 for for us pokey kids out there, freaking Ash won a world championship after after a quarter of a century. All right, we out here. <laughs> Ash has been trying to be a Pokemon master since Gohan was a virgin. I'm saying, like, 
That motherfucker said, I want to be the very best. And he meant that shit. <laughs> I've been 10 for 25 years, damn it, boy. <laughs> Which is kind of funny how I mentioned that. It's so funny to hear that apparently the uh, new Pokemon game does not run well on Switch. That's the thing it's designed for. Right. That's what makes it so funny. You know, some people out there, they just pro Nintendo all the way, fuck everything else, and now they're sitting there with it like, mm. Thank God I don't know any of those people. Right. <laughs> but while we're segueing into geek pop culture stuff, because, uh, you know, we do do that on these shows, I was, I was looking at a, an article about the new Dragon Ball Super manga that's coming out which is going to focus on, apparently, Goten and Trunks being superheroes, which I think we've had enough characters becoming superheroes, but whatever, that's what they want to do. They look like they aged the characters up finally in this. But it got me to thinking, and something occurred to me. We can say, without a shadow of a doubt, that when Goten was conceived... Goku was banging Chi-Chi as a Super Saiyan. Do you think that that factors at all into Goten's potential of being able to turn Super Saiyan before even knowing how to fly? I could imagine that being the case. I bet you didn't think this was going in that direction. Not at all. Now, do you know how I came to the realization? Oh, God. I'm scared, but you go tell me, so I hit me with it. Let's go. That he was banging Chi Chi as a Super Saiyan. Well, very simple. Let's look at the timeline. All we have to do is examine the timeline a little bit, right? So sit back in my chair for this one. Sit back in your chair. I'm just gonna run the timeline through you, and then like you'll pick it up. So the Cell Games happened, and how many days were they given before the Cell Games? There was like a little waiting period there. Ten. They were given 10 days. Goku made a rule with Gohan where the two of them were going to remain Super Saiyan for the entire time of the, of the relaxation before the Cell Games. That way, by the time the games hit, they're comfortable in the form and uh, they're able to sustain it easier. After the Cell Games, Goku, spoiler alert, is dead. When he comes back to Earth, Goten exists. When could Goten have been conceived, aside from within those 10 days of the Cell Games, where he was consistently Super Saiyan. So that literally means that when Goten was conceived, it was in a powered-up Goku. That means that literally, um, stealing a little bit of a line from uh, the Method Man, Goku literally made a bitch squirm for his Super Spur. <laughs> hey! I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Am I wrong? Refute that. What's up, George? Refute that theory. Oh, my God. Refute that theory. Go ahead. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Logan Paul has the same Oh my god. What the fuck? <laughs> like think about it. It Ew. had to be. The, the the worst part is that you can't prove me wrong here because you know it That's has to be true. Part. It has to be true. They showed up at the Cell Game Super Saiyan. 
He was Super Saiyan the whole time. He went fishing Super Saiyan. Goten got conceived Super Saiyan. Oh my god. She wasn't pregnant when they left for the Cell Games. And by the time the seven-year time gap comes, she has Goten. There were no other visits. They left for oh, the Cell shit. Games. There are only ten days in that whole series at the, up to this point that the characters are missing in action. And for those whole ten days, he is Super Saiyan, my friend. What's up, oh. So, yes, Goku banged Chi-Chi as a Super Saiyan because the rule was not to power down that form. And I don't think that he would cheat after telling Gohan that they're going to retain that form till the Cell Games. I could even imagine Chi-Chi complaining oh about God. it. Goku-sa! When, when, uh, when she's complaining about him having a stick because she doesn't like that form. Yeah, he was Super Saiyan genetic jackhammer. What's going on, oh, Zio? How you doing? Goodness. But it occurred to me. I was, I was thinking about it today. I was, I was watching some, a little bit of DBZ Timeline documentary earlier and it just hit me it was like wait a minute oh this, god i'm crying the cell games happens oh. and then goten's there after the time jump oh my god holy shit <laughs> i mean good for her you know she literally got to expand her her horizons a bit because you know chi chi's a bit Stuck up. I'm sure Bulma would try just to say she did it once, but Chi Chi, on the other hand, you know how. <laughs> yeah, Bulma's be in for the dragon race. Ox King daughter and all. I entertain me a super saiyan. Motherfucker said these kegels are over 9,000. You know, you could see it right now, right? Him him tossing his weighted clothing to the bed, to the side of the bed. <laughs> Oh, oh my god that was fun what were we talking about again <laughs> oh yeah logan paul right we're talking about logan paul <laughs> i was just here right now if he wasn't still on the screen i forgot what we were talking about him <laughs> thank god he is still on the screen what else do you have to say and it, it is it's 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 crazy how we're in saudi arabia and i have everyone that i love most in the world with me it's truly a blessing. Like it's yeah, because most people who are in Saudi Arabia do not have anyone they love in the world. I mean, most of, I mean, it's a nice place if you live there. Just wouldn't want to visit. I know and love most of my life is incredible. In the desert tonight, will one of the greatest championship reigns in sports history continue? I do gotta say though, in all seriousness, Logan Paul, huh? He's one of ours now, huh? He earned his keep. Oh yeah, that kid earned his stripes. I can't wait to see him come back and rejoin the roster. What a talent, huh? Like, not for nothing, if you weren't smart to the business, you would have thought Logan Paul might have become champion. Well, I mean, trained because by he Drew had Bullock. that crowd on a couple of occasions thinking, oh, shit, he's going to pull it off. Yeah, like I said, trained by Drew Gulak, you know, the, his, the, the entire way that he went was uh, excellent, excellent. Really, I'm really, really uh, proud of the work that he's done, you know? Like, what a, what a cool representation of the... Uh, of the business for someone to come in here and take this shit seriously like this you know yeah dude took it a thousand percent serious and he took an ass kicking from roman like he's been doing this yeah he's gonna be a star man for him to be this young and be that talented already triple h straight out said he's gonna be a champion yeah there's no question about it you know it's undeniable he's he's like a top he, he he's like literally like top tier talent which is fucking crazy to say right like you wouldn't put yeah, him only anywhere three matches in like 
Yeah, like you would keep a guy like that in the title scene all the time, right? If he could work that way. Fucking crazy. Like that dude put on one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. It's as if he was as born to do fan. this shit, right? Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I'm sorry. If you can hate him after Crown Jewel, I need you to fix your life. Whoever hurt you, I need you to forgive. Because that dude put on the performance of his freaking life. I mean, he earned his spot. That's all you ever want in the wrestling business, right? It's for people to not be entitled and to fucking earn their keep. He literally came here and did what it is that we, we say the business is all about. He fucking earned it. He has every right to be here. It's kind of like The Miz, you know what I mean? Like, certain people, they earn their keep, man, you know? Yeah. And look at that guy, a standing ovation when he went in the back. And yeah, he's fucked up, but that's because he's not in ring shape in the sense that these guys are going around the world doing this. There's a reason they could take those bumps and sustain that level of damage and not get taken out the way he did. Your body becomes more resilient the more damage it sustains. This guy is new to this, and he's taking the kind of bumps they take every week. Yeah. That's another yeah. thing to give him credit. He threw his body in there like he's been doing this three years, not just three matches in. This will be good for him. Once he's back in, in ring shape, yeah, that's going to blow. Once he's back in ring shape, uh, he'll be fine. You know, like this is going to come with someone who doesn't stretch the way the other guys do. He's only been training a short period of time. This is what a regular human being would be like if you hit them with those kind of bumps. You know what I mean? Everybody acts like wrestling because it's scripted is fake. There's a big difference between scripted and fake. They're two different words. But yeah, you know, he... This is what a human being's body would fucking react like if they fought Roman Reigns and they weren't like a normal wrestler, you know? And this, then to keep is... in mind, a normal human being, if that match, if he got in, if they got injured when he got injured, they'd have stopped. He got injured halfway through a 25-minute match. Yeah. Like, he got hurt. He got a Seth Rollins-level injury and finished the match. Mm-hmm. Sure like did. there's a lot of people talking shit about him online, motherfucker. Some of y'all get some of y'all stub y'all toe around the corner, and that's it for you for the day. This kid blew his knee all to hell and still finished. Exactly, and yeah, most of his training was done with Drew Gulak, um, which is what made him so good. You know, which a lot of people saying Drew Gulak didn't get a lot of credit for this match because uh. They showed a lot of pictures and footage of Logan Paul training with Shawn Michaels, but the bulk of the training was Drew Gulak. They sent Paul a ring to, to Puerto Rico to train, um, and they sent Gulak to be his personal coach. He did come to the Performance Center and train some with Shawn Michaels, but that was really, you know, like he trained with Drew Gulak. You know, and no, he's not acting. This isn't a work, man. But yeah, you know, really good job. And, uh, Incredible! I can't. I'm so excited to see him back again. Oh yeah, he is definitely freaking WWE material. He's 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 a good definition of a superstar. Yeah, he put the work in, and it's been it's been rewarding for him. Yeah, absolutely. Do we still want to do news? We still have to. Oh my god. I'm just looking around at what I what what's going to annoy me and what's not going to annoy me. I guess we could do our Twitter news for the week. I mean, yeah, that's uh, the thing. Fuck. Now. That's the thing. Now. <laughs> all right, we don't do, remember, remember we used to do uh, COVID news all the time. Now we're doing Twitter news. It was like who's sick this week, who's fired this week, who's dying this week. Now, now it's now, who deleted their Twitter this week. You know, going into the next season of Talk Runs. By the way, those of you that just joined, it's our anniversary as of an hour ago. 
since we founded and created the domain name talkbrunch.com november 18th 2014 we so made ha- it happy start of anniversary week yay and this officially marks the anniversary episode which we announced we're going back to itunes iHeartRadio, stitcher tune and soundcloud going back to being a podcast as well as staying on twitch love you too man love having you guys here So for the Twitter news, as we change from COVID news now to a Twitter era, as you guys know, there's a lot of bots. There's apparently a lot more bots than any of us had realized. Let me see this for a minute. Holy shit. I'm looking at a chart. Don't worry. I'll bring it up on screen in a minute. It should be fun. So these are the top five WWE superstars with fake bot followers. You got number five, Hulk Hogan. He has 2,200,000 followers, but we're now able to see that 36.3 of those are fake. 806,000 out of his 200, 2,200,000 are fake. Number four, Seamus. He has 4,700,000. 40% of those are bots, making the number 1,942,932. Roman Reigns, 4,800,000, almost 5 million followers, 40%, 1,965,131. So, almost half. Rey Mysterio, 2,300,000 followers, a million of them, 1,050,000. Bots. And then number one, the most bots in the world is The Rock. He has 16 million followers. 44% of them are fake, making 7,385,985 followers for The Fucking Rock. These are the numbers of fake followers that are on Twitter. Jesus. So those are the people that are going to be most affected by fake followers. And this is the reason why a lot of people have a bias towards Twitter. You'll notice a lot of people that are in that are celebrities are known because they kind of get exposed with their fake followers. Some of y'all out there are not as popular as you'd like to believe. Next up, we have the top 10 superstars that are going to be most affected by losing followers however the hell they calculate this so Shawn Michaels he's going to out of his 4 million he has 1,208 30% Rollins with 30% so this is going by the numbers of how many they're going to lose in the long run John Cena has 14 million, and out of that, 4,311,000 are fake. Jesus. The Rock and John Cena have the two highest number of fake followers, as you can see here on this list. Shawn Michaels at the bottom with 4 million, and then 1,208,000 fake. 
Oh, Twitter. I guess Twitter's probably going to go. It's probably going to be done. I don't see how this thing could be recovered. There's a lot of bad reputation behind it. And the check marks certainly aren't going to help it. If everybody yeah, wanted to go it, up against... It's, it's going to be a barren wasteland pretty soon. If everybody wanted to go up against the check marks, the easiest way to do it would be the people with the highest followers and, and power to not get check marked. You know, because then that completely breaks the system. The only way that the system works is if the top bites... If nobody at the top of that system was to get check marks, then what is the validity of the check marks if the very top people don't get it? Like if the president didn't want a check mark, right? Like if people in high offices didn't want check marks, if like big celebrities didn't want check marks, then it would kind of be pointless for people below them to get it since it's just a really a flex. But I don't really want to talk too much about that because we have updates from people from last week that were talking about Twitter. Remember Mick Foley left? Mick Foley yep. said goodbye. Mick Foley said au revoir. I'll be he happy. Said, Back to MySpace. On his podcast, he's quoted as saying, it would be easy to blame the atmosphere on Twitter. That was part of it. But since day one, I had trouble using Twitter in moderation. So it's mostly on me. I struggled with it. I think a lot of people do. Then you get to where you're spending hours a day just looking at everything on there. And as it becomes progressively more divisive, I begin to feel like I was swimming in a pool of turds. One turd, you can dodge that turd, right? You can still enjoy the crystal clear water. But at a certain point, when being on Twitter just becomes an excuse in dodging turds, it's time to get out of the water. And that's what I did. It just coincidentally coincides with <laughs> everything going on. Right. And at the end of the day, I'll never be able to understand that culture, especially coming from a guy like Mick Foley. I feel like the people, and obviously this is like, duh, even though it's the elephant in the room, the people that are able to spend hours on Twitter don't enjoy their lives very much. And I don't think that it was, I don't know which one came first, the chicken or the egg. Was it that they didn't enjoy their lives very much, so now they go on Twitter? Or is it that they don't enjoy their lives very much because they're always on Twitter? Either way, I'll never be able to understand people that are always on any social media just because I always find something better to do. Like, I come from the opposite side of things where a lot of people can't wait to get back onto social media. I find myself dragging my feet to get there it's kind of like the old philosophy or the old way things work in the world where for some reason monday through friday if you work your alarm goes off and you just wish you could sleep a few more fucking hours you know but for some reason you're up early on a fucking saturday you're like why am i up early today's a day i could sleep and i'm not tired you know what i mean but it's just something about the days that when when you have to go to work it makes you move a little slower you're a little less motivated because it's work but i'm sure we've all experienced that right that's the way oh more times i can i can imagine that's the way that i feel about social media like when i have to do something on social media i feel like i'm dragging ass It's, it's like going to work to me like getting ready for this show for example it could take me seven hours to do the show all right i'm doing the news i'm getting all of the articles together let me let me rip all of the videos all right i made a folder video. all right the tron's working let me make sure doing audio check then when it's time to make a tweet with hashtags i'm like oh my god what what sometimes i even ask you to like, do it i'll, I'll be like Sometimes just before going up, like, Destin, what are the hashtags trending right now? Like, what up for wrestling? Can you think of any hashtag to put on the tweet? Like, what is it? Hashtag AEW? Hashtag. Uh, I already forgot the fucking pay-per-view. See, I'm not good with hashtags and stuff. You know, AEW, uh, what is it? Gear, gear, uh, 
whatever. Full gear. <laughs> hashtag full gear. I don't like I don't like doing it. I don't like doing it. And I, I hate when I have to go like when someone's like, hey, did you see what I posted? Because I'm usually like, no, I fucking I totally did not look at all. I spend so little time there. And it's not like I'm doing it like I'm taking a stance or anything. There's just literally so much better to do. Like when I wake up, I'm like immediately hit the ground running and I'm immediately thinking about every fucking thing that I'm going to do. And spoiler alert, social media doesn't come into the equation. You know, like sometimes I might find something that is amusing or compelling enough to share it, but I dislike it. But the real revelation here is that I dislike Facebook way more than Twitter. Even Twitter in the dumpsters isn't as bad as Facebook on its best day. Like that platform absolutely sucks. But either way, I digress. The, the the point being, when you, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'll never be able to understand people that are able to be on there all the time, and they spend like him saying, "Oh, I'm able to spend a couple of hours there." How do you read slow, or do they post fast? Who are you following that you'd even find a couple of hours to spend on there? Even when I go on there, I may do a quick scroll. Okay, I read and consumed everything that I need to. Like, I scroll videos on YouTube and shit and on Twitch faster than some of these people are able to read text. Because I could get a general sense of what's happening in a quick flick of the thumb, and then that's it. Done and dusted. Who's staying on that shit? Who's staying on their little tiny phones gaping into those things when you got big screen TVs at home and games and, you know, things with, with, with 4K graphics and friends you could hang out with and shit you could do outside? I mean, you could watch fucking porn, which would be better than going on Twitter. If you ask, I wonder what's going to be on this porn website, I bet that scrolling experience will be a fuck of a lot interesting than random A and random B crying about check marks. Right? Exactly. Like, there's literally anything in the world is better than what they're giving us with Twitter. Like, sure, we use it, and I've said this before, if it wasn't for me promoting our stuff, and I know it's shitty to say, but if it wasn't for us promoting our community, I'd never go on. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says but me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't really give a shit about anybody else's opinion enough to go seeking other people's thoughts and minds. And it kind of depresses me that we live in a world where people, and whether they believe it or not, they're so weak-minded that they don't realize that what they're looking for is validation because they don't have their own original thoughts. So they go on Twitter in some freaking shallow hope of finding their thoughts and their ideas there vicariously through others. That's not going to work. How weak of a personality do you have to be that that's where your goals are? I'm sorry, man, but that'll never be me. That's not me. I don't give enough of a fuck what anybody thinks of me or enough of a fuck what anybody thinks. So I don't apply to either category of somebody who would be constantly on social media. So I just find it weird when you you, you got to wonder, how do people get funneled into that kind of a life? Hey, do you see what this person posted on Facebook? Hey, do you see what this person posted on Twitter? No, I was too busy having a fucking life. Sorry <laughs> if yours sucks, but mine doesn't. If your life is so shitty that you're going, do you see what this person does? Like, sure, we've ribbed on people here amusingly because it makes good content. But if you're doing that shit in your personal life, like if you're off the air, you're not trying to create content. You're not trying to uh, entertain a community. And you're like, do you see what this person posted the other day? You're a fucking idiot. How shitty does your life have to be? And how empty does it have to be and devoid of any inspirational activity that you wind up dwelling on fucking Facebook, Twitter or anything else? Leave that shit alone. Jesus. That's weird to me. I would have. I actually liked the Mick Foley. I actually liked the Mick Foley better that was leaving because he didn't like Donald Trump than the Mick Foley who came back to explain that he was addicted to Twitter. Come on, Mick. (laughs) You let me down, man. You was my boy, Blue. That's the recovery. No, it's not that I hate Donald Trump. It's that I'm addicted to social media. Don't be, dude. 
don't be. And I can't wrap my brain around. And I mean that in a nice, respectful way. I can't wrap my brain around people who are addicted to social media, who look at that shit that way. And I feel like it's a red flag, but it might be a good one because if anyone's listening to this and that is you, you hate watch, you hate lurk, you hate scroll. You now have an opportunity to get the clear message that there's something fucking wrong with you. And I'm not saying that to insult you. I'm saying that so that now you could be conscious of it and seek help. If you're someone that's dwelling on someone else's life that's not your own, seek help. There is definitely something missing. I am never thinking about what anybody else does unless it benefits me. You should do the same. All of you. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, like it benefits me, like I'm going to get some monetary value. But I mean, if we're going to talk about the news on here, we're talking about it because we talk about the news on here. We're not going to go into our personal lives and start gossiping about shit is what I mean by there being some sort of vested interest here. I'm not saying it in a selfish way. I'm saying it in a logical way. So I really question. I think that this is a I know I'll get heat for this no matter how I try to word it. But if you can manage to look past your own emotions at what I'm saying here in any platform whether it is you're hate watching this stream right now whether you're hate scrolling on twitter things that people are saying no matter what you're doing if you are more invested at this moment in somebody else's life but your own and it's not because of the content it's because of your disdain for their opinions or their thing you should probably go literally get a fucking life that's just the best way that i could put it it's just sad and that people i envy them in a weird way because they have the time. Like sometimes I wish I had the time, you know, to just see what other people are doing. My peers. Sometimes I, I'm curious what my other friends are doing. You know, I'm curious how Zio's video is going that he's working on. You know, I'm curious about Boba and him doing his 3D models and shit. I'm curious about what KFC is doing with the, with the Alliance on PSO. Sometimes I wish I had the time on a Thursday like this where we're busy doing the show to be able to scroll my peers. I want to see what Mav's doing in her stream and what weird kooky game she's playing. Never am I thinking, oh, I want to see what this stupid motherfucker's doing that I don't like, that has shitty opinions, that offended my friends or myself. I never worry about that. I might joke on them if I think there's a funny joke, but I mean, I'm always constantly in the back of my head thinking, I wish I had more time to look at everybody else that's friends of mine, what they're coming up with. I don't give a fuck what people's opinions are that have nothing to do with me. You know? I think the only way that you could get addicted to social media is if. You care what other people, or you care about other people's opinions, or you care about what they think of you. A combination of both or one or the other. You'd have to care what other people are saying about you, and you'd have to care about their opinions. You'd have to care about other people, and I know it's going to sound fucked up, but I don't care enough about other people for me to be on there like that. If somebody's not in my immediate circle, I could really care less. And you know what? It's selfish, but I kind of feel like we'd all be a healthier community if we all live that way as opposed to everybody being in each other's shit, criticizing each other. I have my people. We all share similar values and beliefs. We're fine. We don't give a fuck what anybody outside of this circle does. And I think that's a better way to live. And I, I get to just basically wake up every day. And I've told you this before off the air, Destin. Like, especially this year, I wake up every day excited and enthusiastic, curious to just see what, what, what what's going on. What are my friends doing? What am I going to do? What's my wife and I going to do? What, what's the plan for today? Wake up every day with a new right. perspective on life where it's like these guys, man. It's like they're worried about, well, let me see what this guy posted. Let me see what this guy tweeted. It's like, yeah, you know, keep hate watching and keep hate listening and keep hate scrolling. You know, you let a yeah, lot of us that, as far as it did last time, you let a lot of us people that are more creative, that have more going on. You let us live, as they say before, the old singles, you let us live rent free in your heads. Here we are <laughs> living our best lives, making our best content. 
you know, playing our games, doing all of our, our shit. And at the end of the day, what does it really say? These people aren't. Because not for nothing, people forget the key word of hate watching is watching. Yeah, whether you're watching a phone when you're looking or at those views, them. nobody gives a shit how many of them like you and how many don't. It's views either way. And that's another thing. The reason why sometimes if I get heated about somebody, you know, people will say, oh, it's better to avoid it. Not really. Not really. Because when those numbers midstream go up, but you don't see more names in that chat room, those are the hate watchers. And those numbers are just as gravy. Whether they come here as a VOD, whether they click what they click on anything, Rick or Talk Punch, thank you. You know, if you think that we're motherfuckers on here or we're closed minded or that we're idiots or that we mistreat people, we treat people like shit, blah, 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 blah. Thank you. Thanks for the attention. Keep it coming. But that's the whole point. The people that are gaining here and the people that are eating at the head of the table, ironically, those people are the ones that are not paying attention to social media. We're the ones making the social media. There's a reason why they watch us and listen to us and not the other way around. You know? Exactly. So have at it, guys. If that's the way you want to live, I spend I wish I I don't have a moment when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. There's more. Because Scotty Tuhati deleted his Twitter account. He's free. But he's for a different reason. So according to what we have here, he originally put out a tweet saying, dear promoters, I do not fight women. I'm 49 and have a 20 year old daughter. Hurting women isn't isn't appealing to me. I understand that there are men that do it these days. It's just not my thing. If that makes me older out of touch, I'll take it. Please stop trying to book it. And then... uh, also, before my match, before my matches from 20 plus years ago with Linda Miles, China or any other woman are brought up. I know what I did. It was a different time. It was a different place. And I wasn't from and I wasn't a father to a 20 year old daughter. And apparently this opinion got him a lot of heat. And to avoid I Somehow, guess, right? comments, he uh, he deleted his social media. So a couple of things with this part, which is why I'm so glad Twitter's in the dumps here. He shouldn't get heat. Because he doesn't want to have an intergender match with a girl. And he's like, look, I have a 20-year-old daughter. I'm 49. I don't feel comfortable having these women matches. It was a different time when I did it. It's just me. Other people do it, and that's cool. But I'm just letting everybody know I don't. There's nothing wrong with that except for one thing. He didn't need to let everybody know. That's the core fundamental problem with fucking social media like Twitter. Nothing that he said was wrong. Why did I need to hear it? If people, how often are people trying to book you in intergender matches that you needed to make a fucking public service announcement? You can't just contact a few bookers or create like a mass email for just bookers specifically. Listen, I don't want to have any of these matches. You know what I mean? That's the problem. People tend to take a stance on neutral platforms and i know some people feel like doing it it shouldn't be your thing i've said before if you care enough about something an opinion that you have may express it on your own platform whether it be a vlog a blog a podcast a stream a journal your opinion when you want to take a stance like that 
should be on your own platform because then people aren't justified in rolling their eyes going, oh boy, here we go, because they literally came to your platform for your opinion. There's no danger here of you getting to voice what you want because that's literally what the fuck they're there for. There's no reason on Twitter to make a public announcement, which everybody does, including Scotty Tuhati. Oh, I just want everybody to know. Nobody wants to know. I just want everybody to know I'm leaving. I just want everybody to know I'm staying. I just want everybody to know I'm having a bad mental health day. I just want everybody to know I'm having a good mental health day. I want everyone to know I'm doing great. I'm doing terrible. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling bad. Like, no one fucking cares that isn't directly looking you up. You're just tarnishing other people's timelines. So, the problem here is that he created his own heat. I don't think that it's an emergency. Dear promoters, starting right there, how many promoters could there possibly be contacting Scotty Tuhati for a regular match, let alone a fucking intergender match? Are they just knocking down his door? Scotty! Like everybody. I know so many intergender <laughs> matches coming. Jesus Christ, if I get one more fucking call for an intergender match, man. Like, oh, my God. Like, he's in such high demand. Scotty Tuhati at his peak. When the fuck's the last time we saw him wrestle? At the, at the Control Your Narrative? Yep. Yeah, I don't think that it's that serious, dude. That's like if one day a Jehovah Witness knocked on my door early in the morning and woke me up. And then I just went on Twitter and was like, public service announcement. Jehovah Witnesses, I sleep until 8 a.m., you know, and I don't need you guys showing up before that. I'm just saying, I sleep and I work. And then a whole bunch of religious people get on my back. I'm not asking for that. Do I really need to reach out to everybody? Are all the Jehovah Witnesses reading this? Are all the bookers reading this? No. Don't make fucking public service announcements on social media about things that don't concern everybody. I'm going to go ahead and predict that there's a very limited amount of people that are looking for Scotty Tuhati to wrestle an intergender match. Was there even one? I would, I, I would like somebody to find out who is the person. If you are the person or if you know the person or if you know the bookers, because believe it or not, we know people on here who know bookers. If you know the bookers that are asking Scotty Tuhati to wrestle in agenda matches, could you please tell at least share it so we can know who fucking is asking this? This reminds me of Kayla Braxton, who constantly puts things on social media that there was a stalker. Or what was the most recent thing? Random people are calling her phone because, because like her phone number became public again and to please stop. She always has some shit going on that makes you wonder if anything is going on. Well, you have to, after a while, just question how much shit could be happening to you. You know? Like at the end here where he's like, also, before anybody brings up from 20 years ago, my matches with Linda Miles, China, or any other women are brought up. Dude, I don't think anybody's going to bring any of that shit up. Who the fuck's Linda Miles? Nobody's thinking about China or what you did. No one remembers that you hadn't even remember you had a China match. And whether you're a father to a 20-year-old daughter or not shouldn't really be that relevant. If I'm going to put my opinion of it, this is still fiction, right? Like, this is a fictional this is exactly. a fictional storyline. Like, you're not actually beating women For the here, sake bro. of the story, I could just pretend she doesn't exist. Exactly. I, f- I agree, George. I feel like people just take stances like it's something to tweet to get attention. And you guys got to be careful about that because that's something that I noticed that a lot of people will do in order to make it seem like a thing's going on. They'll just tweet out of nowhere. It'll be like if right after I got off this show, I was like, now listen to all of my haters that have been really angry with me about what I said about Scotty Tuhati, but there are no haters. Like I'm fighting like an invisible force so that I can Nobody's take a really relevant stance. I hate that kind of shit. But the thing is that people like me, we see through that shit. I know the difference between a real psychological and mental fight and somebody fabricating bullshit, which is what a lot of social media is. And that's what really bothers me more than anything. Like it's like I hate when people come up with a fucking, they take a stance against their imaginary battles. Dude, nobody's fucking knocking down your door on social media to ask you to have intergender matches with any women. What women want to be in these matches with you? 
What's the storyline? What company? If you're that adamant about it, call out the company if they're giving you a hard time. Be like, hey, tag the company in tweet. Be like, hey, insert company. I don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? But don't make it a general statement like that. Please stop banging down my door for intergender Scotty to hottie matches. <laughs> Sometimes it's the person on the opposite side of the argument. You know, like, for example, let's say that I uh, I hated AEW there. You know, I could make a tweet where I could be like, screw all those people who said that AEW is dying. It doesn't matter that they only had 200 fans in attendance. We still love them. But really, it's like I'm talking out of both sides of my face. Right. I look like I'm defending them, but I'm making them look worse through that tweet. Was that deliberate or wasn't it? Who was I really on when I tweeted that? I buried AEW while making it look like I defended them. That could be interpreted multiple ways. That's virtual signaling. That's how social media works. They're fucking with you. Sometimes you throw a tweet out there and people interpret it, whether they're negative or positive, is the way that they're going to interpret the tweet. If you curveball it enough negative, if you curveball it enough properly, you know, you got to be careful, man. Take a fucking stance against intergender matches, Scotty too hottie. How about take a stance against Scotty to hottie matches? <laughs> I feel bad saying never come on. Oh, it's fucked up. <laughs> oh my god. Were we ever done with this Logan Paul thing? Yeah, we were pretty much done, right? That was it? Yeah, yeah, we were done. Totally forgot yeah, we, about we, 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 went, we went from the happiness of Logan Paul's success to the sadness of Twitter's existence. Yeah, because there's so much news about all this stuff that's affecting Twitter. People need to just let that go and just be, just, just stop, man. I'm so lucky. I kind of feel like, in a way, I have no pity for people in the situation, but at the same time, I feel kind of lucky. Because I feel like if we didn't have our community and our own outlet and our own thing going on, whenever the hell we feel like turning it on and talking, maybe we'd be like those people on social media with nothing better to do. You know, it feels good to come on here and vent about assholes. If you didn't have that, maybe you would wind up on social media just tweeting your, what is it, 160 characters or less or some shit like that? Some limited number that no other place has. Yeah, we could talk about the most elaborate and limited and, and, and sophisticated things with limited characters, right? Jesus. Conversations would be like eight tweets long, isn't it? All right. It's almost time to vote for this Saturday's pay-per-view. But before we do, we have to talk about one more show. Dynamite will bring us up to the pay-per-view, right? Hey, yeah. AEW. Go home show to full year. AEW Dynamite. Let me get that ready. I am the producer as well as the uh, director here, not just the host. So sometimes he is the Swiss Army knife of podcasters. Dynamite 163 came to us from Bridgeport, Connecticut, the total mortgage arena. Oh man, I got this. So <laughs> you sound so excited. The reason why it's called the total mortgage arena is because everybody has second and third mortgages out there, man. It's Bridgeport. It is like the hood of Connecticut. And I'm not even saying that like if Bridgeport, like literally whenever you run out of crack, you head straight to Bridgeport. Wow. Yeah. Like uh, Bridgeport is bootlegged. 
They bootleg over there. There's total mortgages everywhere. I'm sure even the arena's on a second Ugh. mortgage, which is probably why it's called the total mortgage arena. This is not like Greenwich. I just can't get over you said when you run out of crack. <laughs> there was literally a song that used to come out on the radio at points in my life when I was in Connecticut. And it was making fun of a famous hip-hop song. I don't remember the exact name of the song. But it changed the lyrics and it literally started going... Got, um, Gotta get in the car because my crack is all gone. Gotta head to Bridgeport. Some shit like that. Like, literally. Like, they would shit on Bridgeport. Bridgeport was brutal. It is very far from Vince's oh headquarters. God. It's that place. If you were in Greenwich, one time, Vince took Shane to the top of Titan Towers and he looked down and he was like, all of this belongs to you, Shane. Wow. But there, but there what was about like that? This, That's crazy. But there was like this dark area in the background. He was like, but never go there. And that was Bridgeport. <laughs> that's where the, the hy- circle of lights were played. Yeah, that's where the hyenas lived. That's where his long lost brother was. Rod McMahon. <laughs> what makes me so mad and bear with me on this. It's not that I see Vince holding up baby Shane and you hear the circle of life. It's that I hear Vince hold I see Vince holding up grown ass Shane McMahon and the circle of life starts playing. Yeah, but yeah, they went to Bridgeport. AEW went to Bridgeport. You would not see WWE in no fucking Bridgeport. I don't think they ever went to the Total Mortgage Arena, did they? Vince would know not to go to Bridgeport. He's from Greenwich. Like, that's like literally, it doesn't get more opposite. That's the most amazing thing about Connecticut to me is that everything you know about Greenwich, all you have to do is apply the opposite to Bridgeport and you know exactly how it is. I don't know if there, <laughs> I don't know if there is, but there should be some fucking tracks separating them. That's how different these two areas are. This is literally the other side of the tracks. The other side of the tracks. You see, he gets it. All right. Anyway. Here we are, full gear. Make sure that all your gears work. You might have to go into third gear when you run from the gunshots. <laughs> so we start off with a tag team match. The Jericho Appreciation Society's Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against the Blackpool Combat Club's Brian Danielson and Claudio Castanoli. The return of the sex gods. Yeah, right? Jericho and his, and his whoring himself out as a tag team person to everybody it's ridiculous <laughs> he's a tag yeah he really is they're right about him he'll tag to just about anybody well it doesn't matter that who motherfucker is. is a tag slut a yeah, really good match you know i mean everybody oh, in here is very solid i love claudio it's a miracle we have claudio and brian danielson not claudio and daniel brian brian danielson two of the best that i think there were i know recently rick flair said something like uh um brian danielson's not as good as aj styles it's like rick i respect you and everything man but uh, and I, I, I love need Rick to just stop having opinions. Like, and I and I love AJ Styles, but oh my god, I can't. And George, this isn't this isn't Cesaro's new name. This is his original indie gimmick before he went to Cesaro. That's his real name. That's who he was in Ring of Honor when he was with Chris yeah. Hero, Claudio Castanelli. That's his, that, that was that was his background. That's like back in ROH. I mean, that's what he's been everywhere in New Japan. Everywhere, the only place he's ever been Claudio was WWE. You know, so, but yeah, this was a. Uh, you know, and again, going back to that stuff a little bit, Brian Dennison is one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. Be careful, Flair. I don't know why he doesn't see in him. Flair seems to have this weird 
thing of like I, I don't know certain guys he just refuses to acknowledge how good they actually are and he just takes these wild digs that have like no logic to them at all yeah he really does because done for nothing that makes zero sense like you take the best AJ Styles match and I don't even have to put the best Daniel Bryan match up and I find a better one and that's not knocking AJ AJ is god to your talent but Daniel Bryan is beyond God to your talent. Yeah, completely. And Claudio is too, you know? Yeah. So before, that's that's for any locker room, you take the strongest guy, when you throw Claudio Castanoli in the locker room, that guy is no longer the strongest guy anymore. Pretty much. And he managed to get away with it with Floyd. He, you know, he got and Floyd out of there. Made Floyd watch. And then you got Aubrey oh. on the bottom. Oh, you can't see it there because of my camera, but you got Aubrey on the bottom. They're overacting. Doing her oh, she's thing. Like, oh, she's like way on the bottom. Forget it. There's no way to bring her ass out of here. I was trying to get her into the shot, but no, it's just too far. It's too far. She went too she's far. Too far yeah, she went too far. As soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, some Darby Allen shit. I even wrote that in my notes. Oh, Darby Allen shit. <laughs> One of his weird ass videos. He really loves body bags, Dar- right? Yeah, that, that's been Darby's signature since AEW started. It's showtime. <laughs> Darby, stay cruising down the highway. Yeah. Show up to full gear. That's all we want. We're Show not up. asking for much. I got this. Sting, 24 years ago when we stepped foot in the ring against each other for the first time. Well, Saturday night at full gear is going to be your last stop. Wow, what a- I don't think you saw the joke I put in the chat room early. So funny to see Jeff Jarrett in AEW. Oh, yeah. No, no. I saw that one because I've seen that picture before. <laughs> I gotta bring it into like, the chat. The I'm sorry. I have to bring it into the into the uh Yes, you need to. Now I'm not gonna spoil the joke, but give it some time. You, you look at it one step at a time and you'll get the joke. I thought that was one of the Hey, you tell me time. it's wrong. It's fucking fantastic. I guess the best joke is if you don't know what to look for, it catches you for a second. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Which TNA logo was the best? <laughs> 2002, the Asylum era. 2004, Spike TV TNA. 2010, I think that was Pop TV. It might have been. 2017, GFW. That was Anthem. 2019, Tiny Arena. 2022, AEW. <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard when I got to the bottom. <laughs> That's such a fucking so many old TNA guys in there. That was like the top of, the top of TNA's card in the good days of AEW. 
Oh, how, fun, how funny is that, guys? That's why Impact's doing so shitty. All their talents in AEW. Joe's there. Lethal's there. Solid there. Jared's there. Stig's there. Yeah, you don't like the current logo, the 2022? <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the six-sided ring, Tony. Oh, my God. He brings back that six-sided ring. There's no way in hell he'll get AJ Styles, nigga. I remember AJ Styles on the Stone Cold podcast going through it from six sides to four sides. It was like, yo, the fucking six sides sucks. Oh, man. If you watch Lucha matches, that six-sided ring does not give like the four-sided one does. Their raps are less fun as Babyface, like the full Babyface now. You gotta get there in a blood view before they start. This, I couldn't fucking believe. So Holy this, shit. That is Big Show playing his character from, uh, was it No Waterboard? Oh, it was Waterboy where he was, where he was Captain? Uh, yep. Insano, was it? I forget what the name of it was. Yep, Captain Insano. Yeah, I remember it was from one of these movies. Yeah, it was Waterboy. Okay. Why would they Bro, bring that I lost my back? shit when I saw the outfit. I was like, it's Captain Insane. <laughs> that is crazy. We have the actor. Rather than highlight, I'd rather just put the music video. Oh, dude, the clip is glorious. It stood the test of time for me. That's still one of my favorite movies just because of this clip. Captain Insano is so upset, dude. Those ass boys came out to me, attacked me from behind, and you can bet one thing. Captain Insano's going to show no mercy when it comes to the ass boys. Harsh words from a powerful man, Captain Insano. That's supposed to be Keith Lee and, uh, and Swerve? Yes. Yes. Keith Lee and Sneaky Swerve. Captain Insano, we were one in the statistical probability of swerving our glory, beating the acclaim to regain our tag team championships at full gear. <laughs> I love that they read that in the water voice scene. Your nose leaking out like a netty pot. You think you beating the acclaim, but I bet you not. You got a better chance of doing a heavy squat. Bird legs swerve, not tough in the street. Keep writing whack raps that'll put me to sleep. Get your flowers on your grave like three petunias. And your tag partner looks like Cleveland Jr. This out the sneaky swerve and keep Lee. Make the fans at home just turn a TV. You nervously speak. Acclaimed in full gear. Did more in two years than your whole career. Wait, how you gonna be a rapper and you can't spit? How you gonna be a mogul on the D-list? Selfies with unknown celebrities. Big facts, that's little energy eye for a nine hand for a hand don't cross the line you don't stand where i stand acclaimed in the house and we cancel your plans you will never be the champions again yo scissoring only thing bringing world peace man you got your family up in the dirt sheets 
fake stories talk about how esteemed you are only a snake would align with the media you got anemia you had a lighter weight i dangled you off the side of empire state nobody's repping insecurity like you do red carpet paparazzi gotta ask who are you and all out you saw you're not popular at grand slam you were not what you thought you were Full gear, the acclaim, no stopping us. Leave you with the IV drip and heart monitor. Is that really the last shot of this? Yep. It is. Oh my god. <laughs> They're such trolls, aren't they? Oh god, it's great. I just love that they really enacted virtually the exact water sport scene with Captain Dude. Sato just bald. Dude, I haven't seen Waterboy in years. I forgot that's where this character was from. Dude, I'll never forget this. Right, right when I saw him, I was like, oh no, they're going to do the scene. That is nuts. He said he was going to bring that character back, but so many people say yeah. so many things. I don't know what to believe nowadays. You know. Oh my God, that was such a funny scene. God. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> you couldn't have that. You couldn't have that shit nowadays, man. Oh my god. Oh no. Somebody should anyway. post that full movie on Twitter and just watch what happens. Yes, yes, it's insane. And that brings us to the match. And we go straight into the match, right? Because fuck everything. Singles match. Swerve Strickland against Anthony Bones being accompanied by Billy Gunn and Max Caster. Fun stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. Kind of cool to see uh, Bowens get to do um, something one-on-one because you don't get to see too much of him by himself. It's funny how little Billy Gunn's sons benefited from the storyline. Billy Gunn's more over than his sons. He's hanging out with the <laughs> right. You know, the people who got screwed are the ones that don't say that don't do the scissoring, ironically. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? They didn't get the scissoring in the hairs. Yeah. That scissoring is important. Scissor me timbers. <laughs> Good God. Yes, we're uh, looking good out there. Yeah, I need them just to hurry up and split this tag team up though, so I can see him do stuff by himself. Yeah, and yeah, like, it just yeah. That so, was the most exciting thing about when he was coming over. It was like, ooh, we could see what Swerve does. I mean, attacking. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, he would have been better off in hit row. They signed three-year contracts all together oh, yeah, so so it's as hit row so they could pretty much stay their contracts will all end on the same day yeah Samoa Joe get your ass in the ring first and foremost Tony Schiavone it is a pleasure and an honor to be sharing a ring with you let me ask you a question Tony Schiavone is it shocking for man to refuse to be a victim put it that way no no and for that mistake he paid the ultimate price I refuse to wait around and be a victim and if you or anybody else has a problem with it Tony they can take it up with me cut the music cut the music I'll be the 
one kicking Warlow's ass for the past several weeks. If you bump them knuckles as good as you bump your gums, get your ass in here and come catch one. Oh, now you're cornered. Ah, I tricked you. What a swerve. <laughs> that was last segment. No, I'm <laughs> And we have to have a pull apart with these guys. Why? Why do you guys give a fuck? Who pulls apart for you? Three-way pull apart, though. We mix it up in AEW. <laughs> Look at that. That's Wardlow diving. Crowd dive. Good Wardlow. Saray, you stared me dead in the eye. You reminded everyone that I've only been on television for three years. I went from a nervous, happy to be here girl. You take all the blame when everyone else receives the credit. I wasn't handed anything that you weren't also handed. I didn't wrestle in Madison Square Garden, but you know where I did wrestle? In Daly's place. When the fans couldn't come to us, we were there for them. I respect that you came back from a horrible neck injury. Business owes you nothing. Belittle my accomplishments, belittle my blood, sweat. I am the heart, I am the soul of AEW. You think you're above that? You can get the hell out. This is my house. For this interview, and now I know why. AR Fox and Look at that, they got a very, very solid indie talent in AR Fox. Been watching him for yep. years before, longer than I've had One the of show. I've seen AR Fox. Coming out of the indies. Yeah. And now we have big name out of the indies, uh, the guy who trained my buddy Flesh Malone. Cool. Fletch comes in the chat sometimes. Yeah, he pops in every once in a while. Recently became a tag team champion, so shout out to Fletch. Yeah. So what were your thoughts here? We were talking earlier about the fact that Death Triangle's having trouble being heels because of how evil fucking Pac is apparently. Was there any hints of that happening in this match? I don't remember. Like, did there was there any points where they were like, man, Pac, you got to stop being so evil? <laughs> I mean, considering the first thing he did was your favorite when he pie faces guys with a three up, three down. Like, this yeah, seems like yeah. there was too much of an issue there. Isn't it weird that that's the storyline, though? It's like, I don't know, man, Pac, you're way too aggressive for us Lucha Bros. Like, not for nothing. Like, this is. We're really nice it, guys. It, it, it's just funny hearing a guy who I've seen have a Mexican death match with Sammy Callahan go, I think you're a little bit too violent. Yeah, like, what a way to turn him heel. It's more like he's turning them face, because he hasn't changed. Like, when, since when have you guys been so squeamish about That's the only thing it could be. Like, yeah, the match's still good nonetheless. I'm glad that, you know, most of it didn't really pay, play a big part into it. I don't want to see them start having miscommunications because Pac goes to cheat, and the Lucha Brothers are now too, f suddenly too fucking kind-hearted, and they get skeptical and lose, which is really what I'm afraid is, is where this is going to wind up going. Nice springboard to the outside by Dante, as always, Mr. Flying Man. Inverted 450. AR Fox, look at him go. <laughs> yeah, he's still just as good as he's always been, man. Oh, that dude's always been incredible. Like, I'm I'm happy that he... And he, and he it's not like he showed up on, like, a dark or a ramp, but he showed up on dynamite. Yeah, well, you're damn right, like, you know. Like, you, that's a guy you throw right into... The, they threw him into the deep water immediately, and with no shock, the guy showed out. And look at that. The Black Arrow wins it all. Oh, wait, hold on here. Triangle, man, they look unbeatable, Terry. Yeah, no, they really do. I mean, it's... let me ask you a question. Do you think the Death Triangle are stupid? 
do you think we haven't seen the videos? There are certain individuals in this company. Return this Saturday. We are Triangulo de la Muerte. Look at the pop that that got. The elite return. They are coming home and they're coming back for their belts. Hell yeah. And CM Punk's returning oh, too. Oh, I smelled match of the night. No, I'm kidding. CM Punk's not returning too. That's fucking nobody nobody proudly announced that. You treat that like a Vince Russo hire. You do it in secret where nobody knows. Very good to have them back. Yeah. They have definitely been missed. It's good to have them back in the fold. Yeah, it's been a little too long. And we're going to talk about this week. Don't forget, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, watch along. All of us together. Well, doing the entire whole gang. Whole gang, all here. Finally, some transparency. Death Triangle versus the Elite. You're coming for us, but we've been waiting for you. Lance Archer was not medically cleared last week because of an attack by you, and that's cool. That's why this week on Rampage is going to be you and me. Start with me wrapping my hands around your braids and dog walking you around their arena, breaking them off and making you choke on them. Because I don't talk in if, ands, or maybes. Absolute truth is this. On Rampage this week, I am going to beat you. Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, the AEW. That's all the reaction? All we go into page, Jets? You simple, basic-ass civilians. Saturday, at full gear, I'm becoming number one contender. I don't care if it's Mox or Max. I'm the next world champ. The champ! Page, certainly one of the favorites, but you can't count. If he's able to get past all ego, eat the page as possibly the favorite Mandito. Tournament heads we know. Ricky Starks match. Yeah. All ego, Ethan Page versus Bandito. Mm-hmm. This is an AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament semifinal match. Bandito was Not... his strong ass. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. They actually uh, go with freaking Ethan on this one, don't they? Yeah. Which I guess. I, 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 I'm surprised and not surprised all at the same time. Surprised just because, I mean, they basically just got Bandito in. But, I mean, Ethan Page has paid his dues. He's put his time in in AEW. So, maybe trying to give him at least somewhat of a bigger limelight than usual. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you do have to sort of um give dues to these guys that have been here since the beginning but it just surprised me because bandito is like a pretty known name you know nice crucifix power yeah. bomb at the end there though oh yeah that, that freaking that freaking eagle's edge is a beautiful variation away from aew full gear first match in five years how are you feeling right now i feel very lucky that i've had the opportunity to be able to get back in the ring again it would never happen in my life lifetime so i'm i got an opportunity to be here i want to be here i chose this and the best is you i don't want to talk about this anymore i'll see you this saturday at full gear tony storm goes one-on-one -on -one with yes she does well let's get to the uh the win. main event here aew interim Women's World Title Eliminator match: Tony Storm versus Anna J A S. 
Anna J. Ass. <laughs> Tony Storm versus Anna J's ass. Hey man, hey, what's that case? I mean, his cheeks glow in this match. Anna J S, J A S. That's so stupid. This is gonna be the bit for the rest of the. <laughs> yeah. Look at that! She just suplexed her ass. Oh my god! <laughs> Here her, we go, kids. Kicked her in the ass. No. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it was all right. Oh yeah, this is a good match. I didn't expect her to win. Obviously, that yeah, would be kind of weird. I mean, hey, Tony Storm, Tony Storm's the women's champion. So what do you expect? You can't choke somebody out if you get tapped out, and that's what event pretty much happened yeah. here. And yes, Jamie, I'm continuing my tradition. I refuse to call her intro because she's champion. It's interesting that Jamie Hayter is going for the world title, and they kind of have Britt in the background since she's facing Soraya. You know. But people are gonna give more of a shit about Britain and Soraya than they are about Tony Storm and uh, and and than her for some. Yeah, just because like the Britain Soraya one still has the element of like it could go either way, whereas like we know, yeah, Jamie's ready for the shot, but Jamie's not ready for the title yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Moxley. Exactly the champion is thinking right now. Thank you, Justin Roberts. I am John Moxley, and I am the AEW World Champion. The championship doesn't make the man the man. I am the best professional wrestler on planet Earth. I have traveled the world far and wide seeking the toughest challenges, and I have defined the AEW World Championship. I asked the question, who exactly is MJF? Did a little research over the last few days to find out. Found out that MJF MJF is actually a really good singer. He beat my young boy, actually. If I'm not exactly shaken in my boots, I see a man dripping with insecurity. I see a man filled with fear. He won't live up to the hype. I'm challenging MJF. I'm challenging you. Show me why everybody thinks you're going to be the future of this industry. It's Stokely half the way. What is this about? Oh, wait. Look, Lee Moriarty. It's about the attack is what it's about. Can you believe we got an MJF running? What is happening in this world? <laughs> he does some shit. Look at that. ton of pain let me explain something when i knock your lights clean out no dynamite diamond ring necessary ain't that right will my ultimate goal was to become the best wrestler in the world to one double tough bad son of a bitch i need that belt more than i need food and more than i need oxygen on god's green earth and god damn it it's my now I heard you, John. I heard you last week when you said I'm not the devil. You are going to find out that I am the devil himself, and I'm better than you. I will reach in and pull it out of you because that's my job. Full gear, the training wheels come off. Look at Regal. The final stop before full gear comes your way live. A countdown to full gear. So that's pretty much where we are. Yep. 
Ooh. Nice go home show. I don't really know if I would consider Rampage the go home show, but they a lot of the time do treat it like it will be, right? Yeah, because I mean it is basically the last stop. So. Mm-hmm. You got a couple more things here. I think this M this MJF after Dynamite went off the air. Yes. <laughs> of that was going right the heel promo and a half going in i like what he said there though because he is right you know about them being yeah the alternative. things things stepped up when there was the alternative there when they were only when they were only game in town you didn't have to do that good for people because like now they can go anywhere else now it's like oh shit there's another place they can go Good for this, though. I mean, even though it's a little bit wonky right now, hopefully the CM Punk purger will help them out a little bit. What an amazing trios matchup here tonight on Dynamite. Top flight, AR Fox versus the Death Triangle. AR Fox, how does it feel to debut on AEW Dynamite? Uh, It's unbelievable to me. I I don't think I have the words to describe it. I grew up about 10 minutes down the road, and I have my mother in the crowd here for a moment that I thought I might never reach, so... uh, yeah, I just I, don't, I just don't know how to. I I'm just waiting to be alone so I could uh, cry. <laughs> yeah, and enjoy the moment. Yes. Dante, how does it feel to be back in the ring with your brother after seven months of being apart? It feels amazing because not only did I get to tag with an independent legend like Ar Fox, but I also got the other half of Top Flight back, Darius. And Darius, again after seven months of being gone, how does it feel to be back in the ring? Yeah, like he said, it feels great to be in there with him and a legend like A.R. Fox. Uh, Dante and I debuted here in 2020, and unfortunately, a few months later, I tore my ACL. I spent a year on the shelf and then had a few matches, and I got in a car accident where I fractured a lot of stuff. And to be back here in seven months and to take it to a team like Death Triangle just feels unreal. Awesome. And A.R. Fox, I do have to let you know, We've just gotten word from Tony Khan that you have officially been offered an AEW contract here. Let's go. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Of course. Thanks. Oh, what an am- well, there you go. 
get them Welcome while they're hot. Welcome to the dancer. Yeah. Like I said, get them while they're hot. Seems like everybody gets one nowadays. Right. Yeah, that, that's awesome for him. That's awesome that they took that moment to, like, not to let that be, like, a thing pop up on the internet, like, no reveal to him on camera. Mm-hmm. Dynamite did 818,000 viewers. With a point, with a point twenty eight in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, way down from where we were about a month ago, where we were hitting a million and a little over a million. Slowly, we've seen it decline to the nine hundred eighties, the nine hundred fifties, nine hundred thirties. Once they went almost to eight to to eight nine hundred thousand, and now this is just a drastic dip, eight hundred and eighteen thousand. There are, you know, numbers aren't great. Nope, they're not terrible. Just to be fair. But they're, they're, but considering they're, compared to where they they've been able to hit, not great. It's not there right now. So it shows very little interest going into the pay per view. And honestly, I don't know how well it was promoted. I didn't even know going into this that the pay per view was Sunday till I watched this. You know, it just doesn't feel like there was a, a big push, and that shows very little interest in the pay per view. The fact that the go home shows rating low, you know. Yep. So. Hmm. Not the best deal here. Uh, yeah, so I guess it would be time for us to uh, get our votes in, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, predictions, but y'all know how this works. Y'all been here. Yeah, predictions, because the real voting is going to happen this Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, starting out with the zero-hour pre-show and then going into the event full gear and because it's AEW, y'all know once they start they do not stop yeah so we'll be here from seven until probably midnight ish feel free to join the watch along you guys know how to get in here yeah. good looking card though this is uh this is gonna be quite a fun event yeah definitely all right Let's start doing these votings and stuff. AW Full Gear. So the first match on that card, we can't even really vote on because it's the zero hour pay-per-view match, right? Yeah, so basically... um to give a little insight of what was going on uh the ricky starks interview there was a little bit of truth to it but it wasn't the lance archer uh attack that injured him that was actually to write him off for a little bit because he was actually shoot injured the problem is he wasn't going to be cleared in time for uh, the scheduled tournament match so basically what we're going to have happen is tomorrow night on rampage is ricky starks versus lance archer and the winner will face brian cage in the zero hour match yeah, basically so, what that's going to mean is that the, the finals of this tournament is going to be pushed back to the next Dynamite. So you're going to have either Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks or Brian Cage versus Lance Archer. Yes. I think it's going to be Brian Cage versus Lance Archer in a rematch. I could see that. And then if that's the case, I would definitely go Cage for that one. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't see this being Starks' thing. Again, it's hard to say who's going to go to the pay-per-view, but I see it being Rampage, Brian Cage. Uh, so it's Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks tomorrow. Yes. The winner of that faces to the Brian Cage at Full Gear. Yes, yeah, so I think Cage will beat Starks. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it works out in Cage's favor because his opponent only has 24 hours to recover. Okay, fair enough. And now, on to the matches. The first match... Just bear with me here. I'll put it all together. And by the way, this is going to be in Newark, New Jersey, in the Prudential Center. First match is a steel cage match. This is Luchasaurus versus Jack Perry. And I'm glad they put Jack Perry. You know? Yeah, they didn't just leave it just Jungle Boy. They, let, they had the Jungle Boy thing more as a nickname than just a whole person. Yeah, let the emphasis be on Jack Perry. Who do you see getting a Christian, of course, is there? Yeah, I think Jack's taking this. Jack Jack definitely needs redemption after how uh, all out turned out. Hasn't Jack suffered enough? And it would make sense because kind of an interesting little thing I've noticed with AEW's traditions. When a feud gets to this point and the one guy's getting his ass kicked the whole time, he usually kind of gets the nod when the cage comes down. But this will be like the, the, the blow-off match anyway. I could, yeah, I could see this being, at least for Luchasaurus and Jack, this being the end of their feud. Gotcha. Yeah. Which I do I, like that AEW only whips out cages when the feud hits a certain point. Like, you don't just get a willy-nilly cage match out of the blue. Yeah, I want to go with Jack here, too. Okay. Next up. Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD Oh I can't wait to see the pop when that girl comes out but yeah Soraya's taking this I mean she got her career back after six years you don't have her lose her first one I would <laughs> See, I could just want to piss everybody off. See, see, AEW already sitting here with eight hundred thousand. You want that to fall like a hundred thousand? <laughs> I want to get heat on Brit more than I want to get any kind of pop on on Soraya. Brit needs it more. Brit existing gets her heat though. That's the problem. Yeah. The Brit pops on TV. <laughs> Fuck that! I'm going Brit here, man. I I feel like it would be a great storyline for. Her to come back and lose to Brit. I don't like, want her to just... fans. I didn't figure out the tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Like you know, on top of that, I think it'll be a great feud. I think after that, they you would just see, want see, more of this. See what you want? You want the feud? You want that crying kid, Kevin Dunshot? That's what you, <laughs> you uh, want, yeah. Paige Kid? <laughs> I want them to cheat and fucking win. Piss everybody off. Keep this storyline going. What storyline do we have if Britt comes here and just and just loses to fucking Soraya? Oh yeah, I want Britt here. I'm all about Britt. It's all about the Brit. Next up, we get Jay Leto. Jeff and Jeff Jarrett in a tag team match against Darby Allen and Sting. Oh yeah, Sting and Allen. Fucking slap nuts doing here. This one's tough too. 
because we got some heels that would genuinely piss people I, off if they won, you know? Yeah, I, I will say that. Yeah, this one is a little bit tricky, but I feel like I would give Jeff the win if it was just him and Sting. Because they've done that before. Because, I mean, this is when you really think about it, this is kind of crazy. This is the third different company that Sting and Jeff Jarrett will be on match together in. They've done this in WCW, they did it in TNA, and now they're doing it here in AEW. I mean, we could probably say the same shit about people like Matt and Christian, right? Oh, fuck, you're right. Almost anybody who's been in TNA has been in WWE, so by default, if they're here, this will be their third time. Wait, no, I said WCW. Oh, WCW. Yeah, yeah, Sting and uh, Jared had their first encounter in WCW. Oh, I gotcha. Did they have an encounter in TNA? Because that would be four. Yeah, yeah, they, they feuded uh, over the NWA title in TNA. So they feuded every fucking way, basically. Virtually. Like, the only place they never crossed was the WWE, ironically. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the fence about this one. I think it could be good for Darby and Sting to win, but I think it couldn't hurt once again for the heels to go over. See, the reason I have a tr trouble with believing that Lethal and Jericho win this one, Sting and Darby have been teaming since Sting came to AEW. So it's like you have a team that's perfectly in sync versus two guys. I don't think they've ever teamed together outside of the Ric Flair's last match. And it's not like they ever do the thing where it's like, oh, there's dissension in the rank. Like, no, those two get along better than almost any tag team in the company. Right, but it's not like Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are by themselves. Don't they have like Sanjay and that other big Indian guy and shit? Oh, yeah, that guy. Darby and Sting don't have any friends. But they have Sting's druids, which he can call on more times than Apollo Crews. Yeah, I guess so. I'll give it to Darby and Sting. <laughs> I want it to be Darby and Sting. I don't have any vested interest in fucking Jeff Jarrett winning. I'm just saying if they want to. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, I can't take this whole Jeff Jarrett trying to be a badass seriously. Like you don't you don't go from ain't not great to this and then be like yeah like all right one minute here bear with me next up Wardlow versus defending his TNT title in a three-way match against Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs. This one for me, it depends on one thing. And I think cause if I'm booking this match, what I'm doing is Hobbs wins the TNT title because this is for the TNT championship. I let Joe and Wardlow obviously go to their feud. Hobbs goes on to elevate himself with the title. And then maybe use the feud with Joe to help elevate Wardlow. Because we've said before, Wardlow's going to be top of the mountain at some point before his days are done. So and what do you think like happens? A feud um... with somebody high profile like Joe could help him. One's a little tough, right? So you have Hobbs beating 
that's kind of weird. I'm trying to see. It would make more sense if it wasn't for the TNT title, you know? Like, I'm wondering why the fuck they didn't give Hobbs. Because if Hobbs was going to win it, why wouldn't they just give him the ROH title? That Joe has. I can see maybe Joe and Wardlow feuding over it. Because th- I mean? this like, whole thing it... between this whole thing between Joe and Wardlow started because Joe took Wardlow's comment about coming for all the titles personally. Right, but that's what will make more sense to me if this was for the Ring of Honor title, and then Hobbs took it, and then Wardlow, and Joe goes after Wardlow's title, which kind of makes it the opposite, you know? Yeah, I think that would have been better. But yeah, I guess whatever. So they're gonna have Wardlow lose. See that, that that's assuming that Wardlow even loses this match because for all we know Wardlow could still win and then it's Joe and Wardlow viewing over the TNT title. Yeah, I kind of feel like someone has to lose a belt here to make it Wardlow versus Joe. I agree with you, but I just find it weird that the only way to do that, thanks to what they did here, is for Wardlow to lose. Whereas it, Joe could have lost his title and I wouldn't have really hurt him too much or really I don't think nah. people would have gave as much of a fuck like if it would have been like Hobbs leave with that title and then the two of them feud over the TNT title where like you kind of break inter- Wardlow's streak and um now he's feuding for the Ring of Honor TV title not even the world title right like it's kind of strange because like the only person who can really benefit in this match is Hobbs Cause like yeah, Wardlow keeps his title, but then I mean we've watched Wardlow kick everybody's ass for that bill at this point. So, so yeah, as, as, as silly as it's gonna be the way that they're gonna go, I'm gonna have to go with your thing here. I kind of feel like Hobbs will win, maybe pinning uh, Joe. Yeah, I could see something happening between Wardlow and Joe that where Hobbs sneaks in the back door because I'm also thinking about Hobbs in the sense of like I feel like Hobbs has been somewhat overdue for a championship run well Hobbs is going to go over Joe and then Wardlow's going to blame him for losing his title so in the turn he's going to come after his and that's where that feud okay yeah see that's a cleaner way I could see that going out like if they want because then it it gives Wardlow incentive to want to go after Joe well more incentive than he already had Yeah, so it'll be Wardlow and Joe in the long term for the RH title, which is still kind of weird. And it'll be because he's blaming him for losing his title to Hobbs for whatever reason. If that's what they wanted to do, I don't know. That's just an idea. Yeah. It's the smoothest way to get out of this situation. Because that way, Wardlow and Joe get to go off and have their feud. Hobbs finally gets his first championship in AEW, and then he gets to carry that, and, it, and the title gets to elevate him. Here's hoping. Next up, we get Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose for the AEW TBS title, which ironically, Jade's done a better job making that title relevant to the women than they've done with the actual uh, AEW women's title. That's because they didn't put the TBS title on fucking Rosa. But uh, (laughs) I think Nyla's taken this one because, like I said before, Nyla's taken a much different approach that everybody else who Jade fought against. Everybody else would just been get in the ring, try to kick her ass, try to take the title. Nyla's been the one who's like, how about I get in her head first, throw her off her game, and then roll into the championship match. I have to go with Jade here, man. What the hell are we doing with that and with anything else? I mean, but how long is the streak going at that point? Because she's already hit, what, 41, 42? I mean, it can't be Nyla, man. No. 
I mean, she's beating everybody else, so it's like, who else? I, I don't know, but it just doesn't make any at, sense. At, at this point, she's bleeding into, um, and they're trying to keep those two divisions separate. At Talk this point, that. she's bleeding into the AEW women's division. Nyla's been a champion before, though. Like, everything that Jade Gar Cargo accumulated, that whole streak was to end on Nyla, who's, like, already established champion. You can use this yeah. to put somebody and else somebody over, somebody who's man. been there since the now. beginning. Nah, I, I, did, I couldn't feel stronger that this has to be Jade. I'm going to give that shit to Nyla. See, but then it would defeat the whole purpose of Nyla stealing the title, screwing with Jade's head. Because at that point, you're just telling me there's no logical reason anybody's ever beating her. And she's going to be champion forever. No logical reason anybody beat her up to this point. Yeah, it's going to not work. She's going to get in her head and she's going to do all that shit and Jade's going to win anyway. It has to be Jade. I couldn't imagine. Everyone, what the fuck would they do with Nyla with the title? They have to come up with something, but it ain't that. That's a former world champion anyway. Nobody benefits from that. Give it to somebody who would benefit from being the first person to beat her. Oh, Not Nyla. already kicked most of their asses already. Well, then she just keeps kicking ass, but I wouldn't give it to Nyla, no matter what. Like, I don't see that one working out. Maybe you're wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I, don't, I definitely don't want that. Next up, we have the AEW World Tag Team Title Match. The Acclaims, Anthony Bowens, and Max Castor defending their championships against Swerve on Our Glory, Keith Lee, and Swerve Strickland. Acclaim, split up Swerve and Lee and let them do their own thing. Yeah, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where the big split up happens. I'm just saying, because we got one team. They've been teaming since the beginning. They've done nothing but get along. And we see another team where every other pay-per-view or every other final title defense, something happens. They're like, I don't like how you handled that. Yeah, I mean, it, can, it can really can't go any other way. And the worst part about it is they've pushed it so far to the point it's going to be the driest tag team split. I'm still excited Please. for it. Yeah. Acclaim, retain. And they're going to rap. And then after that, We've been waiting for a long time because it is AEW World Trio's title match of Death Triangles, Pac Penta, El Cerro Miedo, and Ray Phoenix being accompanied by Alex Abrahantes defending that championship against the Elite's Kenny Omega returning with Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Dude, there's so many intertwining feuds in this match. Oh, God. I'm so torn. I mean, they were they always meant for it to be the Bucks and Omega. The proof is that that's yeah, what they did just I before mean, the suspension happened. So, I mean, I would have to assume that they're going to course correct now and put yeah, it back yeah, on them. Un undo, un undo Phil's fuck up and put it back on the Elite. I can see that making sense. I thought it was Death Triangle the first time around because I thought that they would be suitable first-time champions. Their name's literally Triangle, and they technically were the first official trios AEW tag team team. And uh, but no, if not that they went this route, I think they should commit to what they decided, which is ultimately having Frigga in the elite, right? Yeah, and I mean we still got what we wanted in the end, which was Death Triangle as trios champions. Mm -hmm. They've been very active champions. They've defended several times that the elite's been gone. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with giving it back to the elite. 
the elite, the, the and elite. who knows? Maybe they can run it back one more time after this too. Like this doesn't have to be the end because I mean, not for nothing. You have Pac and Kenny Omega, and then you have the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. That's six people who have been fighting each other since AEW started. Next up, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. And this one's for the AEW interim women's world title. Tony Storm defending against Jamie Hayter. I really feel like at this point they should have just stripped Thunder Rosa so that this would be the official title. Oh, I've mentally stripped her. I refuse to acknowledge Tony as interim champion. Tony Storm is the world champion. And I've heard Tony's on the fence about switching. He's like he's wearing pros and cons. Tony, what fucking cons are there? To strip in this drama-filled bitch of that title and giving the girl who's been kicking everybody's ass. Like when you look at it, since Tony's been champion, whether it be Rampage, Dynamite, or both, the bitch wrestles every week. And what Rosa has a splinter and can't go? <laughs> like no fuck that shit. Like Tony's I, I mean Tony's walking away with this title, but Tony's world champion. I don't want to hear anybody call her interim anyway. Like Rosa's more of an interim champion than freaking Tony is. King Quest says Thunder the Khan. What's up, Quest? <laughs> There you go, King. See, he knows. But yeah, yeah, Tony's Tony's running this one. I mean, it being interim is what makes it complicated. It's really hard to predict anything when it's an interim title, you know? Um, if I was going to pretend that it's the women's title, which I guess is what we have to do in this case, it would make an interesting story for Jamie Hayter to still be stabled up with Britt Baker while uh, she's the champion. That would be intriguing for like a long-term thing. Yeah, I could see that. But it would be a shame to technically... Be, uh, I could see it being like the Randy Orton Evolution thing. Like when Randy won the title, that snake kind of snapped. That could be the thing where Britt snaps. It would just be a shame that Jamie, that, that uh, Tony Storm technically never became the actual champion, though she's the interim champion. But she is. <laughs> How you doing, Quest? Hope you're What's doing going good. on, bro? Yeah, and Tony's been running strong since she's been champion. Like, she's been defending quite often. Like I said, she wrestles all the time, so. She is quite battle-hardened from the girl we saw get pied in the face by Charlotte and do nothing. I mean, I guess Tony makes the most sense here, as boring as that is. It's only because the interim one, you know? They need to they need to change that for this to have any significance. But anyway, RH World Title Fatal Four Way Match: Chris Jericho defending the Ring of Honor World Title against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. It's weird Ooh, that Sammy's awesome. in that match, right? Because that's like his buddy. Like, why, <laughs> how did we wind up with this? <laughs> right? Like, didn't have anything better to do than to just complicate the fucking match like that. It's just weird, right? It's just it's odd just to see Sammy in here. It'll probably be the Sammy helps him. Wouldn't that be some shit? I'm sure that's yeah, what it will Sammy be. If Sammy doesn't help him, I see Brian Daniel singing in the R Way style. Cause he's been dancing on getting that title back for a while and he's like constantly in the mix with it. 
I could see just a flash Busai Kony and then the whole show for somebody. I'd love for Brian Danielson to be the Ring of Honor World Champion again. It'd be great after all this time, right? Hell yeah. And especially because they've gone back to basically like the OG look for the belt. It'd be fitting for one of the OG champions to get it back. Yeah, I'm going to American Dragon on this one. Me too. Stasis and Sammy. But no, I think Dragon. He was hoping. Well. It's a big ass card. It looks like uh, there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. AEW World Title Match. John Moxley defending his championship against MJF. Mr. Khan, it is time to pull the trigger. I'm going MJF. Is this there's been all this hype. There's been all this build. You can't not do it at this point. Is this it? Is MJF becoming the champion? He needs it. Like <laughs> Moxley has been on fire. He will forever be synonymous with that world title. But Mox does not need that belt anymore. MJF needs it. He's been chasing that belt. I think if I remember if my memory is correct, I think their first encounter a couple of years back was at a full gear. So it'd be fitting for what two years later to come back to the same event, basically a different person, and get and to basically like he said the devil get his due. Yeah, I think MJF here for sure. Like can you imagine the roar if that kid gets that championship. And they're in New and he'd Jersey. Be the youngest AEW champion in history. They're in New Jersey in the Prudential Center, close enough to New York to get that pop that they're looking for. Yeah. He'll be home, basically. Wow, this might be it, man. This could be. <laughs> this could be the one. And Mox yeah, could... Quest is right. Because a punk, Mox couldn't take his vacation. Yeah, he wants to but get that the man fuck out of vacation. there already. I mean, a it whole is... daddy. Like, let them have a little vacation. Yep, this is a regular AEW world title match. Nothing special about it. No special stipulations or rules. Nope, just straight up. Pretty cool. Oh, man. oh yeah. Once again, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, we will be here doing the watch along. If you are, uh, you know how to reach us on Discord. If you if you see our lounge, those of you that are part of our inner circle. You have access to our lounge. If your name is in yellow, you have a lounge pass. And if you do, you can come hang out with us in the lounge chat that we have set up. Good place to hang. Great place to be. Oh yeah. So much in Just fact wipe that your I didn't, feet first. So much in fact I didn't even realize we've been in there all evening. <laughs> <laughs> we never moved ourselves to the regular stream chat. So any anyone in yellow could could pop in. But uh you get the point. Fun place. This oh, yeah. Saturday. Lovely. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. 
Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a man. It's a huge car too. My God. Yeah, like I said, I didn't even know that there was a pay-per-view. Let's see something here. Tony Khan did an AEW Full Gear Meteor call. I don't know how much fun that can be. <laughs> because, like, I think it's literally just a call. And, I mean, there's, like, not really much of a way for us to navigate it. We can try. about what should be a great show on Saturday night. All right, Tony, thank you. So we're going to start with John Oliver from Podcast Heat. And after John, we're going to go with Randy Zellia from... Thank you for taking the time. Welcome to the great state of Jersey. Uh, we saw the announcement for the return of the Elite last night on Dynamite, and it got a huge reaction, and it's going to be a hell of a match with them and Death Triangle. Uh, I just was curious if you could provide us now with any insight as to what the process of getting them cleared and ready to go out of the investigation was like for this event and uh, how was that determined ultimately? Uh, well, I can't comment on the investigation at this time, but I would comment on their wrestling status that the trios championship, they were the winners of the world trios championship tournament at All Out and the title was vacated in Buffalo and crowned the Death Triangle as champions, and they've gone on, I think, to be great champions. And really, I believe they are arguably the two greatest trios in the history of AEW, and they have a rivalry that goes back many years, and even in some ways predates AEW with the Unbucks and the Lucha Brothers. And I believe uh, Kenny Omega and Pac have one of the great singles rivalries in AEW also, and, and the trios have had great matches across singles, tags, on the homecoming episode of Dynamite. Uh, he doesn't even want to comment on how he got them back. Damn. Of course, uh, not long after that, Kenny Omega and Pac had a classic Iron Man match. Uh, I believe it was February 26th of 2020 in Kansas City. Kansas City. And uh, then, of course, the Young Bucks, their ladder match All Out 2019 with the Lucha Brothers and their cage match at All Out 2021 with the Lucha Brothers. I think they're classic matches. And uh, I can't wait to see the trios match. So from a wrestling standpoint, I think it sets up uh, to be very exciting. And I think people are really excited to see Kenny Omega and the Unbox back. They have fans all over the world. So it's a very compelling reason to watch the pay-per-view to begin with and to have it be such a great match. High stakes for the World Trios Championships, which I think have added a lot to Dynamite in recent months. And we've had a lot of great matches, including last night, Death Triangle versus uh, the TV debut of AR Fox and uh, the reunited top flight with the return of Darius Martin. I thought that was a great match and I'm really looking forward to the trios match and I can't comment on uh, that backstage aspect of it unfortunately but I also really you know do appreciate you asking and understand that part of it but I think from a wrestling standpoint that's what went into it if that makes sense. All right thanks John thanks Tony. As promised uh, Randy Zellia from Backscore Pages next and following Randy I will have a write-in from Kenny McIntosh inside the ropes. Randy. Hey Tony thank you very much for taking the time I really appreciate it. Um, sort of a, a two-part question about Full Gear here. One was there any hesitation on doing a pay-per-view in New York where the WWE has sort of been a mainstay and has, was there any um, 
I guess, any statistical change you wanted to make since the last few pay-per-views were on a Sunday, and you're moving this one back to Saturday. Well, Full Gear has traditionally been on Saturday, and we've done that uh, since the beginning, and I think it makes sense to avoid another business I work in closely, which is the National Football League, which is the powerhouse in Q4 on Sunday night. So Full Gear's actually always been a Saturday night pay-per-view. That's part of the fun, and we do the other shows typically on a Sunday. But uh, this one we run on a, on a Saturday, and it's uh, at least nice for me, the Jags on bye week. So it's, uh, it worked out very well. Uh, as far as I don't want to mess with my other money. New York, New Jersey area, specifically in New Jersey, at Newark at the Prudential Center. There's fans from this area, from the tri-state area, some of the best fans. And uh, we set up shows here and uh, really had Grand Slam, one of our biggest... Okay, we get the point. Next. There's a long press conference. We'll, we'll, frankly, there were major cost savings that so many shows in the north yeah get another question between and so that and uh and then you know now good timing for us to move west after when he has an answer he has an answer is AEW grand slam all right appreciate randy as promised i've got a write in here from kenny mackintosh and and then after uh tony responds to kenny we'll go with will washington from craft so, Tony, Kenny has the following question. He's from Inside the Ropes. You've had to deal with a lot of injuries this year, meaning there's been a lot more tournaments in 2022. Than I love that guy's audio, right? You think going into 2023, you might see fewer tournaments so they don't lose their impact, or do they work creatively for you happening on a regular basis? I think they work well creatively at times, and there's been times where... Because I don't care what he thinks of tournaments. tournaments. That's your question? <laughs> right. ...on the zero hour against Brian Cage. On Friday night, of course, uh, everything got set behind, and rather than uh, doing a forfeit, I, I... Thanks. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Kenny, for, the, for that question. Will Washington, you are up next. Will is with Grapsity and, and will be followed by John Orchiola from Screen Rant. Will? Uh, guys, can you hear me? Hey, Will. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, Tony. Uh, so one of the concepts introduced to AEW here in 2022 was the interim championship. We saw Cody Rhodes have a bout of COVID and Sammy Guevara was crowned interim TNT champion. CM Punk went down with a foot injury. John Moxley was crowned interim champion. But those were situations that were all resolved relatively quickly. On this card, we have Tony Storm defending the interim world title against Jamie Hayter, which has been in interim status since Thunder Rosa announced her injury in August. Thunder Rosa, though, has recently stated in multiple interviews that she doesn't anticipate being ready to go until 2023 at the earliest. So given that we've seen other titles, such as the trios titles and world titles stripped recently, was there any consideration going into full gear and crowning a lineal world champion, especially given how active Tony Storm has been uh, as a defending champion? Yes, it's something we have considered and, uh, you know, it's something to consider. And uh, I'm, you know, still weighing the pros and cons. Thunder Rose is a great wrestler and it's unfortunate she's injured and uh, it's kept her out a long time, but uh, it's not a, an easy situation. And, I, you know, I try to take everything on a case-by-case -case basis and, uh, you know, trying to give Thunder Rose every opportunity to, to come back 
What's the benefit of having a champion if she isn't here? You know, eventually, um, it, you would have to crown a lineal champion to your point, and it's a great point. Appreciate it, Will. Thanks, Will. Uh, John Orchiola from Screen Rant, you are next. And I will follow John with the writing question from Chris Mueller of Bleacher Report. John. John, you need to unmute your line. Wow, John. Rookie. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, Greenhead. <laughs> yeah, get him, Tony. That's right. How dare you come on here with un- unprofessional audio? You fuck. Let's hear this one again. Let's hear this schmuck again. He's lucky he's not dealing with 2016 or 2017, Rick. I would bury his ass. Oh, my God. We put him out to pastor. John, you need to unmute your line. I love that awkward pause there. Let's go one more time for this uh, for this idiot. From Screen Rant, you are next. Screen Rant, no wonder. And it's a great point. Appreciate it, Will. Thanks, Will. Uh, John Orfiola from Screen Rant, you are next. And I will follow John with the writing question from Chris Mueller of Bleacher Report. John. John, you need to unmute your line. Hello? Hi, can you hear me? And yeah. he's got dogs in the background. Piece of shit. <laughs> John, you need to unmute your line. Hello? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you and your dog. <laughs> Great. Um, hi, Tony. Thank you for <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you about Soraya versus uh, Dr. Britt Baker. I'm very excited for this match. And it's probably the uh, the biggest women's dream match AEW has done so far. And it has a really interesting story of Soraya making her comeback versus Britt kind of carrying the flag and defending the AEW women's division's reputation. So I'm wondering, as the head of AEW and as the booker, kind of where your sympathies lie uh, with the dream match. Well, I, I'm certainly hoping for and expecting a great match and i think i don't think we need to worry too much about it. better questions Saturday night with Dr. Brent Baker at i hate to say because i want to bury journalists but you see how lackluster these journalists are they come here with their dogs barking in the background there's a media call it's like they're in a room you have your fucking dog barking in the background your mic sounds bootleg you don't remember to fucking unmute bro like that shit that i would get on people for here and they're going into fucking tony khan that way like get a better mic if you're serious about covering wrestling how are you gonna call in on an iphone mic like george said the fuck's the matter with you he's arrived in AEW with you couldn't get rid of your dog go into a room you know a work room that you have reserved to do this kind of shit very compelling let's go next question tony these guys are throwing you fucking snowballs the bloodiest most barbaric or is somebody who shut up is somebody who's frankly one of the whenever he has an answer he goes on forever i think that's really the easy questions i think should be one of the really exciting matches Good Lord. so Great. first first from chris ar fox was offered a contract following dynamite do you see him taking on any additional roles backstage such as coach or producer given his level of experience uh, it's something to certainly talk about. I've enjoyed working with AR Fox. You know, I get more time to spend with the wrestlers 
I find in Orlando at the AEW Dark Taping, particularly uh, people not in, say, the World Championship, but the Death Triangle in a trios match, and those are the kind of exciting matches we like to have. The Owen Hart Tournament in 2023. Uh, Chris was on some of those. Ticket sales, TV ratings, and, and merchandise. And there's, there's a lot of speculation. Most people probably think he won't be back, but I just wanted to ask you uh, if we've seen the last of CM Punk in AEW. I can't comment on that. I have nothing but positive things to say about the contribution CM Punk has made in AEW on screen and uh, and certainly a lot of positive uh, things to say about uh, the you know things he did in AEW to date, and I can't comment on that, but... Uh, you know, I do understand why you'd ask, and uh, I appreciate you asking. Brandon, appreciate that. Uh, next up, I've got... You can't uh, comment on anything we'd want to hear about. Cadman from Russell <laughs> and then I've got another write-in from Amy Nemedy from Russell Joy. So here we go from Libby, Tony. Libby's yes. question. Dynamite this week really seemed to take advantage of the in-ring promos, video packages, and almost highlight reels and mini packages to set audiences up for this Saturday, a highlight being the acclaimed music video pre-match. How do you creatively approach these video packages compared to an in-ring promo? And what's the process in working out which is the most appropriate form to use? Okay, we heard about the pay-per-view. We heard about CM Punk. It's a great question. Thank you. I I got so excited I almost jumped into it with that. Yeah, he got so excited that it wasn't a question um, about CM Punk or the Elite. So, one thing about the Rosa thing stuck out to me, and I didn't think about it until he mentioned Rosa. Another reason you could just say fuck off with the Rosa world champion thing. Tony's more active than Rosa was before she got hurt when she was champion. Like, there's no redeeming reason to have Rosa as champion. She's been here more than she was now, and she's been here more than she was when she went down with her quote-unquote injury. But that's the question that someone should have asked. What's the benefit of having her as champion without her being yeah. here and making Tony Storm win the interim title? And should Tony Storm lose it before Thunder Rosa gets back? Is Tony Storm um, statistically recognized as a former AEW Women's Champion or because it was interim, she never won the title? These are important questions to ask if you're going to hold a title in the air that long. Everybody's acting like this is casual. That's the fucking title. You know and what she's I talking mean? about being gone until 2023? Right when you say that shit, no title for you. <laughs> and people always say that wrestling's scripted. And I've said on here before that being the champion is different. Not everybody could be the title holder. That is a completely different thing. It's carrying and representing the company. There's a lot more media appearances going to it. The way that you're, you, you carry yourself... Um, you know, not everybody can do that. There's a huge Bret Hart, commitment that comes with that. Bret Hart recently did an interview where he said, when I became champion, Vince gave me a lecture on it one time saying, you're the champion. You call the shots. No one tells you how to wrestle. You're the guy that tells everyone else how to wrestle. And I made that my new rule for a long time up until that. I always had to incorporate some other wrestlers ideas into my match to make him happy. Now I could tell people, no, we're not going to do that idea. We're going to cancel that because it doesn't make any sense. But we're going to do this instead. And nobody will argue with me anymore. 
I become a very detailed guy. And I think just the passion and the work rate that I brought to wrestling is finally being appreciated today. If you watch my matches back, I think you'll see a psychology and a logic that's always there. The matches just seem real. You don't have to see me wiggle to a move into the right place. Or if I get knocked over the top rope, I'm always in the right spot at the right time. The timing and the ability to be a great wrestler has often been misunderstood or underappreciated. We don't get credit for being great athletes, and we don't get credit for being great actors, when in fact we're probably a combination of them both in full motion. So this is what I'm talking about. That goes into what a ring general is too. When you're a veteran in this business, you're the one that's really sequencing those matches. You know? The point being that if you're going to yep. have the job, you should have the title. And I don't mean the fucking belt. I mean the title that goes with that. Being the champion is extra work by default. Who the fuck wants to be the interim of something you got to work harder for? You know? But with all it's intents like and purposes, like that's the champion. In my eyes, I'm looking at the world champion. It's like, what the fuck yeah. are they calling her the interim for? All that's doing is ruining I'm, I'm not this just like trying literally. to be funny when I refuse to call Tony Storm interim champion. Tony Storm, the girl with the belt, putting in championship level work. Clearly, Rosa's not built to be AEW Women's Champion. Tony, Tony Storm is. When Tony Khan was saying, I have to weigh out the pros and the cons, I wanted to be like, well, what are the pros? Right. What's the purpose Tell of having the a pro. champion at home for months? Isn't there supposed to be like a rule where you, if you don't defend the title within like 30 days or some shit, you have to relinquish it? Or is that just WWE? That, that's usually just WWE, but that's only because they have monthly pay-per-views. But even th but then that makes it even worse because Rosa wasn't at the last pay-per-view. And there's a hell of a lot more time than 30 days between AEW's pay-per-view. So the decision should have already been made to cut that bullshit loose. When she first showed up, she was really cool. And I got to be honest, man, like all the cool stuff that she brought isn't worth the trouble that everyone's going through with her shit now. No. You could have all the cool stuff, the faff, the, the face paint, the wrestling skill, but when I got to like, wade through 50 miles of bullshit to get to it, it's not worth it. Whereas Tony Storm has been zero problem in any way, shape, or form. All that girl did was walk in the front door and wrestle her ass off. And she's been more active now that she's champion than when she was when, when she first showed up. Whereas now for nothing, I can barely remember. I can't even name five times I saw Rosa on camera when she was champion. That's but funny. I can name five matches in the same fucking week with Tony. Like no more of that interim. Tony Storms, the women's world champion. And I don't give a shit how long it takes Tony to realize it. That's the decision that's made now. Yeah, it's really important. Like, there's no interim fucking title on the line. At full gear, Saturday night, the women's world title's on the line. And Rosa can get done with her little boo-boos whenever she feels like fucking coming back to work. All right, well, I say let's talk about Raw. Yes. But their women's champion can hold, can handle the business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw came to us from none other than the Louisville, Kentucky KFC Yum Center. Chicken. This is a great place. This is actually where our alliance is from. Founded here. <laughs> I like how you swerved that. I like that. 
We started in Louisville, Kentucky, and we worked our way to become global. This was the vision that KFC and the others had when they first made uh, Best in Slot. They said, one day, guys, we're going to rule the fantasy star world, and we're going to start here in Louisville, Kentucky. Started from and, Louisville and upgrade to ship one. Yeah, we out here. And that's why it's called the KFC Yum Center. So now you got some backstory that's 100% legitimate in regards to what exactly this center represents. It represents us, our people. Kentucky all the way. Expect the unexpected, and that was the case for Rollins last week on Raw. Allow me to introduce myself, Seth. Last week was wild. I put one little open challenge on my United States Championship. What's the one thing that's different? Oh yeah, it's me. The top prize on Monday nights. Uh-oh. The Almighty is in the house. The visionary. I gotta go back for a minute here. Oh God! The visionary. Yo, you know what him as a baby face reminds me of? Oh God! What? He's like he's coming off like. Let this day be remembered as the day you almost caught Seth Rollins. (laughs) 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 He's like he's like a Jack Sparrow, right? (laughs) Oh my God! Like that's Babyface Rollins and this persona have the Johnny Depp thing going all the way. There's Captain oh, Jack Sparrow. That's Farrell. amazing. He's like, he's a good guy, but he's a bit of a fuck. Just a little bit. Little selfie boy, I turn a little selfie boy into a um, punchline. That beating that I gave you last week until I get my championship back. You decided it would be better. Try to take my soul from my body. What about me? What about Ali? That's the first time that what about me rhymes, right? Right. He has, he has a what about me gimmick. It's perfect. What about it. Ali? What about me? Ali, you need to walk out of here before I hurt you. Yeah, before I throw you into the background again. Yeah, there you go. He's doing the foreground this time. And he does it again. He still does it. We're tired of your shit, Ali. Where's the rest of your outfit? To accept Seth's open challenge. Get in here and get some. But it might be fair to question. You have like a bodysuit and glowing shit. What the fuck is you wearing? Where are your clothes? <laughs> Ali's so angry he came out here with no clothes. <laughs> that motherfucker looks like in ghouls and ghosts when you get hit once. What happened to the rest of your armor? <laughs> you stupid. You stupid. Right? Like all his gear's gone. Like, <laughs> used to come used to come out. Oh my god. Where are your clothes? <laughs> Damn, he took a nap. took my push and clothes. Yeah. He's not even tapping there. He's wondering where his hat is. He's like, none of my clothes. Where's my light up mask? Where's my vest? Bobby knocked him out of his fucking clothes. That's rough, man. 
sanction at all from the Judgment Day. Solved our Rhea problem? Bring it, kiddos. Might owe the big LG a little thank you, after all. This whole thing with the OC and Judgment Day been a thorn in my side ever since WrestleMania because I wouldn't join their little group. Challenging Finn Balor to a one-on-one -on -one match at Survivor Series. I'm about to go to the ring, so you guys chill at the dojo. Throw it up, girl. I don't I, I just thought about it. There's a little bit of continuity in the fact that it's be a yim. Where yeah, Gallows and Anderson just come back from before they came back to WWE? Japan. No, Impact. Oh. Well it, Where it, it was Be a Yim before she came back? Impact. Impact. Yeah. There's double continuity. What nationality is Mia Yim? Impact, no <laughs> <laughs> You know, and you know how much uh, I don't know if that's where you meant for it to go, but that's sure fuck where I thought to take it. And you know how much this guy loves hot Asians, right? He thinks hot Asian women solve everything. Oh my god, that'd be the cure for world hunger if it was up to him. Oh, that joke took a turn I didn't expect. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think I went all the way through there. Nope, not at all. And here we go, Tamina, of course, because who better than Tamina? Who Mina than Tamina, right? I can name a few people not to. That someone, she found the old seat. She did In case you forgot what happened, right after it happened, and Dominic Mysterio and his mommy. Hi, mommy. Mr. Superfly Splash, don't go for it so early. Especially because your ass have to go knees first. You want to blow your knees out in the first move? Come on, man. I mean, she never blows her knees out. She's too busy hitting everybody with them. She hits. She's been going knees first with that move forever. Yeah, real. Like, she nah, fucked up her knees a couple of here. times doing that. Actually, I always remember it being other people. I'm pretty sure she won on injury road one time because that damn slash. It just never learned. Against Chad Gable, where is Elias? You know, big rock star things. He's actually booking us our gig. Shush. You two clowns playing in a band together. So tonight, I'm gonna do the same thing to you and put you down, bro. A thank you. Really impressed with you. No one's been able to hang with Rhea until now. We have a lot in common. We also know what it's like to be cast aside. We think that you need to remind people who Mia is. I don't have any problems with Bianca, Oscar, or Alexa. But don't take things too wrong. Great match. Everything cool? Uh, yeah, we're fine. They were just leaving. Matt Riddle! Harsh. Oh, no, the chubby anyway, Chad Gable versus Matt Riddle. This should be a feud for the ages, you know, when you really I'm think about saying. these two. These two really complement each other with their wrestling styles. Let's keep having this Give happen. me this for like six months. I won't complain. They should be one of those teams, one of those groups where it's like they feud for mid-tier titles, then eventually the world title as they work their way up. Because, yeah, that's a good wrestling partner you got there. <laughs> she was amazing. Every time I see the two of them, which has been a couple times now already, that's really nice, you know? I'm sure WWE, once you see a match like this happen more than a couple of times, it's because they're trying it. Yeah. You know, they're like testing At that point, it's them. like, all right, what do we need to do? We need to pop a rating. All right, Riddle and Gable. Yeah, well, they're testing it for elevation, you know? They're, they're trying these guys out, which I like. Gable goes over with shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Shenanigans. 
What you got, kid? A pair of twos. A big hand, except for I got two ladies, three cowboys. Oh, that's a boat. Oh, man. <laughs> Prime whiskey. Picked it up myself. <laughs> I play poker. You, you play poker? Can you even afford to sit at this table? I think. No, I, I don't. Do you know any of the rules? Nope. Your money's good here. <laughs> I feel like that's happened before with JBL. Was it with Taka Michinoku? Or was it with Tajiri? I, so. I don't even know. It might have been Taka. Byron's obviously got stage fright. I am going to relinquish my role as host. You can sit. Are you sorry that you paid Dexter Lewis? Are you sorry that you wore that sweater? At the Yum Center where my alliance is watching? You piece of shit. Dexter. I have been here for 18 years, never called a day off. Even when I tried to help Dexter get back on his feet. I mean, we know Hollywood. They don't know Hollywood. So I had to spin the truth to make it more interesting. I am just a devoted father. You were actually vacationing with your family this weekend in Cabo. I was depressed in my hotel room. You could just hire Dexter to try to trick people into caring about you. Miss, can you? Will you shut up and ask the questions I gave you? Why is Johnny Gargano in all of this? The truth is, Mike, you are a compulsive liar. I'm a good guy. And a good guy. Ah, oh, and there's Dexter. Surprise, motherfucker. One on one. Shelton, you had a confrontation with Austin Theory last week. My reaction to his failed fashion is. You should know all about being a failure. My deadbeat dad and Eddie Guerrero were in their primes, so that makes me way better than you. I don't have time today. Why don't you skip beat back down the hall before I give you the whipping your dad should have given you? No, no, no. You need to calm down. Yeah, Shelton. You need to calm down. No problem with Dominic. You have a serious problem with me. And I wouldn't mind working on my problems tonight. Let's settle this in the ring. Yeah, let's settle this in the ring. So why? <laughs> Dominic's such a little bastard. That got swerved on you. Look at that. Just because he pointed at you. Now it has to be you. That's how the rules work. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the face. Oh, strategy when you're so yeah, I guess Dominic somehow managed to get forced into a match, even though it was Damian Priest who wanted the match. Who decides these right. things? All right, well, yeah, that's what we do. It. Isn't Dom's it crazy to think Shelton Benjamin was here not long after Rey Mysterio debuted in WWE? And now he's wrestling Ray's kid. Yeah. Yo, he's, he's been, been here forever. Yeah, and he kind of stayed in the mid card forever. At this point, I feel like he's below the mid card. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's over. Look at that. That <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker shows up like a random event. Former Mr. Money in the Bank. You too. Tell your side of what happened during that failed. Nobody understands me, and everybody just thinks that I'm made for this. They have no idea what the full story is. And prove that on day one, and I became the face of the franchise. 
Everybody thinks that I fell. Well, they're wrong because I feel more alive than I ever have. Look at Roman Reigns. Nobody's been able to touch him in the past two years. I thought, what is the best thing to do after this? Bobby Lashley pulled me out of that ring and mauled me like a madman. Cash in ever. ever get now, before we continue, I have a problem with it. I get that they're trying to reinvent Austin Theory. They wanted to get rid of the money in the bank. I don't think the best solution would be in his first promo backstage when he gives his reason to be like, well, you know what? I had to make a decision. Look at Roman Reigns in the bloodline. I'm not getting my ass kicked. That's what he basically is saying. He's like, <laughs> I'm not I have walking the money. Who's going to fuck with these guys? Not me. So I did the smart thing. I got the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? And I went for a safer title. Like, it doesn't sound good, even the way he's trying to word it. It's kind of like... I can understand, like, wanting to try to be realistic about the situation, but you're like, no, no, that, that ain't work out too well. Traffic ticket, I guess you know who to call. And a couple months ago, try to be your bro. Try to show you some things that no one showed me. Failed cash in. I would know. Your ego was just too big, and you just didn't want to listen. I'm done being the youngest this, youngest that. I am the now, and I'd love to prove that to you if you meet me out in that ring and I can show you that I have no more excuses. None. Sure thing. Ooh. I called your kid. Right here in the KFC Yum Center, where the men are from. Boom. You gonna take that shit sitting down? You better not, Theory. Extremely hard for everything I've had. They have another thing coming for them. I will not go down without a fight. Dana Brooke always. You never really do, but you do eventually go down. <laughs> what were your thoughts? That's all this? anybody ever remembers. EO Sky being accompanied by Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Nikki Cross versus Dana Brooke, not for the 24 7 championship. The what? I said not for the 24 7 championship. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know. It was hard to get invested in this match because I'm like, what? I'm supposed to believe at some point that Dana Brooke can actually win this? Yeah. I was literally herself. sitting here just waiting for the over the moon salt. Yeah, this was just to help put me a yum over who shows up. Real hard about your offer. War Games is a fight where everybody got to pick a side, and I picked mine. Things just got a little more interesting. It seems as though Mia Yim will join Oscar. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm all in right now. Three covers! I got three kings. We got a winner right here. Three aces right there, baby. We're not done until I say we're done. Aha, <laughs> it looks like you're done. Anyway, A-Town Down versus Dolph Ziggler. Kathy Kelly caught up with Austin Theory, and we heard. He can respond in. Oh, if this wasn't a treat to watch. Yeah, it was an excuse to kick Dolph Ziggler's ass, huh? And that, isn't that every time Brock, I mean, Dolph comes, comes back at this point? Just... All right, guys, what are we going to do this week? All right, we need to kick Dolph's ass. All right, fuck it, let's go. He winds up winning by default, I guess you could say. But we all know who lost. Right. <laughs> there may be an argument about who won, but we all know who <laughs> lost. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of these two things is disputable. 
You know, oh, I don't, some people say you won, Ziggler. Some people say he won, <laughs> but we all know for <laughs> sure know who lost. <laughs> <laughs> like that's when you know you're in a bad side of this. Look at that! They're oh f- God! Good reaction from the crowd for this match too, which is surprising. Yeah, they were invested. Look at that! He hit him double with that, and then he drools on him. That's the new part of his technique, the drool. And that's it. The match gets thrown out. What's up, Loki? And he's losing it. Yeah, there's no need to keep looking. I'm on yours. Now, does anyone have a problem with that? Let's go to war. I like Nikki in the background. It's completely oblivious to everything happening. So, there's a cool... I don't know if Triple H meant to do it. But there's a cool bit of NXT storytelling here. Oh. Remember the first women's war game match? The major storyline is intertwined all throughout this match now. Cause remember it was Rhea who was teaming who was teaming against Shayna's team at the time. Bianca was on Shayna's team. Mia, I believe, got uh injured in storyline. They had to find the replacement. That wound up being Dakota Kai, and that spun into Dakota Kai's heel turn. Right, I do remember that because she felt like left out and shit. Yeah, because they they treated her like she was just kind of like they didn't have much of a choice. So I kind of like how that kind of came around to now war games again. And it's now Mia Yim actually getting to be in the match this time. That is pretty cool. Let's move this along. Singles match Tozawa versus Baron Corbin being accompanied by JBL. The rare Tozawa signing. Mm -hmm. One of the rare, rare Tozawa signings that you see. I don't know why he's still in the fucking ninja gimmick. Why not? No, like what gimmick has he had since then? He could just be Akira Tozawa. <laughs> no, he's a ninja. Became a ninja and was dead in the water. Like he's a twenty four seven title is dead. You can drop the gimmick now. And so's Tozawa. <laughs> dead hell. As a matter of fact, when the match was done, he sent this out. And it says thank you in the tweet. So people are assuming that's Tozawa's final match. Considering he took the ninja stuff off at the end that you were just talking about, put it into this photo, and then wrote thank you. Yeah, Tozawa might be moving on to greener pastures. Mm hmm. Rhea Ripley being the fifth and final member of Bailey's team at War Games. Rhea's definitely a problem, no doubt. And if our team looks as good with just four members, we will see one member from each team compete to determine any idea of who will compete for your team. Well, we're not going to let our secrets out here, Kathy. This decision is not being taken lightly. We are the roughest, the toughest, the baddest team in this fight. We about war. Ladies, uh, squeeze me. 
could you imagine the pure carnage that would result if they ever stepped to us? Any response? What the fuck? Oh god! To face you at Survivor Series. Of course I accept. Ask Rey Mysterio. He'll tell you. Tonight is about Seth Rollins. Have a lot of unfinished business. I am Finn Balor and become the new United States Champion. To which he steps. There's no demonic, even more demonic than when he was a demon intro. It's all the demon minus the broken top rope. Another great team here, you know. Fun fact. I know you usually do the fun facts, but Rollins is the one who took out Finn Balor at the SummerSlam that I was on, right? Which caused his injury right after he won the Universal Championship. Yeah, and the interesting thing, they, they almost recreated that spot in this match. Because that's what we need. Oh, God. But what I like about it is that when Rollins goes for that powerbomb, Finn has this look like, oh, fuck, not again. Yeah, don't let it happen to you, man. That ruins your like, first oh, run. We ain't doing this twice. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced they only made that title red because you were red, and we got stuck with that stupid-ass title that was designed that for was you to win awesome. at the pay-per-view. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest kick on the dust? Oh, we got stuck with a red title. I was so annoyed because I thought, oh, it's probably going to be Balor. He's up for the title, and he won it, and he had to relinquish it. It's like, now we have a red title that doesn't match anything. <laughs> They either have all the champions are wearing red. Which champions usually wear black, so that makes it even worse. <laughs> oh, no, but this was a fair time. I mean, once again, these guys put on an incredible showing. I mean, that's what they do. We're dealing with the pros here, you know? Yeah. And then there's a brawl that breaks out, of course. And then more pissed off theory. That's what my beard gave me. More power. <laughs> this ass whooping was against the grain. <laughs> Pretty much. Raw did 1,648,000 viewers. 0.44 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Up from the 1,593,000 previously with the 0.43 one point down last week. We could turn that music up, actually. We had it up because everybody at the Con interview had shitty mics. We don't have shitty mics on here. We the journalists, the journalists on there have dogs barking, don't know how to unmute themselves. You got to turn down your music to hear them, to hear their cheap-ass Radio Shack mics. <laughs> that ain't us. Oh, God. Yeah, fun stuff. So what do you think? Are they doing a good job with the build to Survivor Series here? 
Uh, I'm definitely excited to see what, uh, I mean, it seems like more of the build is going towards the War Games matches than anything. It's going to be, it's going to kind of suck, though, because it's going to be another pay-per-view with no Roman title defense, but I guess it's more built on the War Games matches than the championships. So. Yeah, I, I, I want to see the final car before I pass judgment. I want to see how it looks on paper. But I, I'm Survivor Series is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. Everybody knows that. But a lot of it is because of the Survivor Series matches, which used to be a series of matches, not just one big Survivor Series match at the, at the end. Over the years, it got worse and worse because it went from a whole pay-per-view full of five-on-five matches to uh, a few tag team and mixed tag and triple threat matches and then the, the big five-on-five at the end to now there's just no five-on-five. Five, you know, there was Survivor Series that didn't even have the Survivor Series match, you know? Which is I mean, thing. well, the five-on-fives are the War Games matches, but they're not elimination. But yeah. I do kind of like that it does keep one aspect of Survivor Series tradition alive is the fact that it's the pay-per-view that's known for first. And this is the first, ba- this is basically the first WWE War Games match that we're going to get at Survivor Series. Yeah. Well, like I said, card on paper definitely will help me in this situation. Yeah. Because it sounds a little bit weird. We should definitely have the full card by the time we're here next week. Yeah. We got double pay-per-view duty, right? Oh, yeah. One this week, one next week. It's busy when it comes to pay-per-view season. Especially around this time of the year. So the NWA has a new champion. Yep, somebody call his mama. What, to come pick him up, hopefully, right? (laughs) Tyrus. Yep, Tyrus got the big one. This was ironically named NWA Hard Times. Yeah, this was uh, Hard Times 3, I believe. This is a. He defeated Trevor Murdoch in a rematch. For the NWA title. Yeah, so it's not historically accurate because NWA's had hard times way more than three times. <laughs> <laughs> and who did you say he beat? Trevor Murdoch. Who was like, I think, was in his second reign as champion. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So, there's been a lot of shit in regards to this. People have said, no wonder Nick Aldis gave notice. I saw Solomon Monster put something like that there. You run out of a burning house, not into it. Uh, people complain that Billy Corbin really thinks that thinks Tyrus, who's about as mobile as an 89 Andre the Giant, has more legs as a heel than the NWA champion than Matt Cardona. Going from Cody Rhodes to Nick Aldis to Tyrus. People are just pissed off about that. Someone says, uh, how are there going to be words out of uh, Billy Corgan's mouth about how there aren't enough good women for an NWA pay-per-view when they just had fat 50-year-old Tyrus main event the pay-per-view? Somebody else basically said, um, even if you ignore the allegations against him, um, he'll be 50 in February. He's not a very dynamic wrestler. Or over in the slightest. What a strange tone death move. 
these are just some of the things that people are saying about the NWA. Now, to be fair, these last couple of weeks of drama are the most the NWA has been in the news the entire time that they have existed in their current incarnation. This is the first exactly. time I think we've ever even fucking spoke about them. That's how irrelevant they were. Now, I don't agree with Brodus Tyrus being the champion, but I do understand his logic. Do you get at all what his attempt at what he's doing here is? Actually, yes, because Tyrus doesn't just wrestle. Tyrus is also on Fox News. Exactly. What's that do? Because when Tyrus was a television champion, guess what Tyrus used to have with him on Fox News? That title. Guess what's going to be shown on Fox News a lot more? The NWA Championship. They're trying to use Tyrus, who's regularly featured on Fox News, to get the NWA title over by having him showcase it, mention it, have it on his arm, get brand recognition. They're using Tyrus for his notoriety as a regular television personality, which realistically, from a television standpoint, is a lot better of a credential than what Magnus Aldis had in the NWA or Matt Cardona or anyone else really that they have as a choice to have them. Nobody knows who the fuck Matt Murdock is. Nobody really knows who Magnus is. I know people don't like to hear it, but at the NWA, believe it or not, in the mainstream media, Tyrus is literally in the mainstream media. Right. He has a reach nobody else in that locker room does. Is it good as a wrestling fan? Of course not. From a business standpoint, I can understand you giving the title to somebody who's affiliated with a mainstream news company like Fox, a mainstream network like Fox that's shown regularly that will wear that title on his shoulder when he's reporting Fox News, thus further legitimizing the validity of the NWA championship. This is their strategy. I'm not saying that I'm, I agree with it, but I'm saying from a television business standpoint, I understand what it is that they wanted out of this. Whether or not it works, well, did it work with the Impact title? You said the Impact title was on here. Like, was he the Impact World Champion? No, he was uh, he was NWA Television Champion. Well, how well did it work? I didn't even know there was a fucking NWA Television Championship. Oh, God, they had, they so, had so many different titles over there. So, so it didn't work very well the first time that he got it on Fox. The exposure didn't do anything. The problem with their plan is that the demographic of people that are going to be hardcore enough to watch wrestling outside of WWE our fans that are also going to watch AEW. Then when you get more hardcore, then you get fans that are going to also watch Impact and Ring of Honor. Then when you get more hardcore, you're going to have fans that watch NXT UK. It's like so far down the totem pole before you're watching NWA. You know what I mean? That by the time you're talking about somebody watching Fox News, it's so far out of the demographic <laughs> that you were aiming for. Because let's go, let's reiterate that again. The people that you're looking for are not casual wrestling fans because they're just watching WWE. They're not hardcore because they're watching AEW. They're like the ridiculously hardcore wrestling everything people that are going to watch NWA. And those people are probably not watching Fox News with Tyrus on it. So I don't think it'll work. I don't think anything will work. I don't think anyone gives a no. fuck about this company. That's just the way that it is, and that's just the way that the chips are falling. There's way too much other competition out there for that. There's nothing that they could do in the position that they're in 
that can do shit. There's not a single thing. Like, that not they for can nothing. And do. the biggest thing, like, they're only on YouTube. How much are you expecting to really accomplish if that's the only place you are at it's, when everybody in their third cousin has TV deals? Is this going to make the company better? No, but it certainly couldn't make it any worse. Right. Only thing it could be worse if you could only find NWA on TikTok. That's the only way this could possibly get worse. And Nick Aldis has shown his ass. He doesn't like the company. I can't tell you whether he agrees or whether I agree or not. There's so much drama between him and the NWA. He tweeted out and he said, I hope now you see why it was important to me to let you know that I had given my notice to the NWA before this pay-per-view. What was once a promising endeavor that I turned down bigger opportunities to take the lead on has become the most toxic brand in pro wrestling. Thank you all for the support. So he's basically saying in that tweet, now that you see the pay-per-view, you know why I quit. Fuck him. So maybe, I don't know, is he trying to imply that he was told that they were going to put the world title on Tyrus so he quit? I could see it having something to do with it, maybe. Who knows? He knows. Oh, yeah. He's a, I, I'm wondering if, when it eventually does fully come out, what it's going to be. Like. Well, it's out. We just have to find it. He did an exclusive interview here Sam, on the Sam Roberts show. Aldis, oh, God. Hey, man. Yes. I don't Nick choose. Aldis, the man who held the <laughs> for over a thousand days defended it against Cody Rhodes. Anyway, we'd have to look through this whole thing to see if we could figure out the fuck's going on. The trip uh, up. Thank you. And not hear Sam. Try not to uh, give too many of the life coaching, you know, preachy. It's kind of like a nice, relaxed sort of way to spend my birthday. I don't want to party. I don't like, you know, I don't really yeah. like celebrating my birthday. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice excuse. Like, hey, we can go to the beach. It's November. You know, it's too cold. It's... They, they say that depression is living in the past. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, let's go. Years from now, you'll be all right. Let's get to the point. Let's just let's talk about the elephant in the room. Right? Yeah. I, I yeah, of course. told the world inadvertently that I had given my notice to the NWA. Okay, so, all right. First of all, was it inadvertently? Because you go like, and I do know, because I follow you on Instagram, and I got the little notification Brutal. that it said, you okay. can sign up to be a subscriber. Right. I was like, I'm not signing up so to be a subscriber. I saw that too. I said, you know, okay, that's a good idea. And I thought, well, um, I, w- I, did, I was planning to, to let my fans know that I had given my notice, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but not in a not in a nefarious way and you know, certainly not in a in a sort of negative way i was just gonna let people know hey i've decided to move on like i've given my notice so that my final you know shows with the nwa would the people would know that sure right that, that this is it right um but i thought hey this is a good opportunity to give something exclusive to my subscribers sure. <laughs> and then a couple of days from now i'll I'll then, you know, I'll then let everyone else know and then... Okay, so let's talk about why that's stupid. Do you really believe, Magnus Aldis, that you, you have fans 
that went through the trouble of subscribing, they pay money for a thing that you talk on. That's not this. You got to pay exclusive money to hear you. Are going to keep a fucking secret where you basically say that you're quitting the wrestling company? Right? Like, they went out of their way Don't to pay you know to how hear wrestling you. Work, my dude? They're interested enough in your career to pay to listen to your exclusive content. But are going to keep a fucking secret? <laughs> All of them? How many are there? Like four? What would make you think you could control the flow of information? I wouldn't trust all of them. That's fucking crazy. Those people will go, hey, this was worth it. And it will hopefully... Yeah, because you know, the whole thing about paywall content. Hold on. That's such ridiculous logic. So then the people who hear that you quit the company are going to go, man, it was really worth it that we paid for this. Because now we're the only people in the world that know the secret that Magnus Aldis is leaving NWA. Like, if you really think that's how people think with paid content, that that was going to be what did it, man, this was totally worth it. It was worth it that they paid this money, this paywall money, because they got to hear me exclusively say that I quit here five fucking minutes before everybody else does when it inevitably leaks from one of the subscribers. This was totally <laughs> worth it. What a weird way. I can't. Is he telling the truth or bullshitting about why he did this? He's trying Hold to tell on. the truth. This can, it's fucking truth crazy. That. That's not how life works. Like, oh, you know, I figured I put it behind a paywall <laughs> and everyone who pays the, the money for my exclusive content is very trustworthy. We, we're a very tight-knit community. They're all sworn to secrecy. We all, we all know each other. As a matter of fact, the whole group's coming over for Thanksgiving. We all, everyone from the, the paywall community eats together. Like, what the fuck? The whole we're going to call it a paywall potluck. But my favorite part, I've never heard this before, but my favorite part is just the part where he's like, and then after they hear me say that, they're going to be like, man, this is worth it. I paid for this content, and I got this content. <laughs> <laughs> give something exclusive to my subscribers sure. and then a couple of days from now i'll i'll then you know i'll then let everyone else know and then and then those people will go hey this was worth it and it will hopefully because yeah, you know the whole thing about paywall content you need it's got to be stuff that people feel you know was worth money that motherfucker said it in a couple of days when everybody else finds out uh. <laughs> What the fuck is this? The 80s? Bro, do you have an idea how fast news would travel? You wouldn't even be off the mic before that shit would have circulated everywhere in the world. I sometimes check the news while I'm doing this show to make sure there's not more news. Oh my god. That motherfucker said, and then in a couple of days when everybody else finds out, the people who knew for two days are going to be like, A couple of seconds. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. This was worth it. Because you know how paywall content is, man. You got to make it worth it. I love how he's teaching us about paywall. God, tell us more, Almighty Man. There were five minutes in, and I'm fuck. I'm totally entertained by this. I gotta hear this one more time. But I thought, hey, this is a good opportunity to give something exclusive to my subscribers. Sure. And then a couple of days from now, I'll, <laughs> I'll then, you know, I'll then let everyone else know, and then, and then those people will go, hey, this was worth it, and it will hopefully, yeah, because you know the whole thing about paywall content, you need it's got to be stuff that people feel you know was worth the money. Uh, it's the first, it was my first. You know, it almost it's almost borderline Ralph Cramden slash Al Bundy level of idea. If you've ever watched The Honeymooners with Ralph, or if you've ever watched Married with Children with Al, they would always come up with these ideas that when you describe it, it sounds like there's a way to make a lot of money. But by the end <laughs> of the episode, really, uh-uh. 
But by the end of the episode, everybody knows what's the rule of Married with Children? Last 10 minutes, Al is fucked. Right? <laughs> and never, no matter what it is, no matter how it looks like it's working out, they always blow it at the end. That's the that's the best part about Married with Children. But that is so. Uh, I thought I had done everything right. I clicked the little button that said subscribers only, but I guess maybe because it's real. I don't know. I, I, no, I, I still I don't no know. And because I, so this is this is exactly how it happened. Like I said, I was I was I was on the terrace on the condo. I just I decide screw it, let's do that. You know, like just let you know, just very candid, sort of you know, honest. I've, that's how I built my fan base. Is you know, authenticity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then when that was done, we had dinner reservations. And so I and, and I was like, well, we've got enough time to just go get like a little 30 minute cardio in. Honestly, whenever somebody puts that much detail in what they're saying, I, I usually, and this is my opinion, I usually at that point, I think it's a lie. Like, you know, we had the condo and I was out at the back and, you know, we were, we were going to have, having dinner reservations. This place that Mickey loves and one of our favorite places. I took the, her there on our first date. And, you know, she always remembers like, no, bro. What the fuck happened to the to the exclusive content? I get what I <laughs> get what you're exclusive. saying. I get what you're saying. You were saying that you meant to hit the subscriber only button, and somehow you don't know what happened, but you didn't, and it went public. So on top of it being a bad idea that you thought was gonna stay a secret, with just among the fans that paid because you're such a tight knit community to eat Thanksgiving dinner together, and how worth it they thought this was going to be. You somehow, within this fucking strategy, missed the button that would have made it exclusive content, and you just sent it regular. <laughs> God. This is really good already. I this isn't even the part we were here so, for. This is, this is exactly how it happened. Like and again, there's a lot of babbling here about dinner and about where he was and shit. When I hear that, when I hear people like going off like that, it's like, uh, something's weird here. On the terrace, on the condo. I just I decide. I was on the terrace on the condo. Yeah, you know, I was wearing my favorite green slippers. Sort of I just finished my bowl of cereal. That's how I built my fan base. Is, you know, authenticity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then when that was done, we had dinner reservations. And so I and and I. Was what do like, you order? What do you eat? Time to just go get like a little thirty-minute cardio in. Oh, see what I mean? No, dude, he's full of shit. I'm sorry, I'm calling. He's full of shit. <laughs> this motherfucker, it sounds like, doesn't he sound like when you're in the interrogation room, like if you're watching Law and Order or something? That motherfucker's all over. You know, we had dinner reservations. You know, I, I thought I had like time for this. And, oh, you know, I was, I was on the balcony of the condo. I thought I'd get a little 30-minute cardio in. And then my favorite cartoon came on. And before you know it, you know, it was just... <laughs> I, go, I go do 30 minutes of cardio. And by the time I come back, I see people going like, man, that was really... It was really great what you said, and I'm, I'm going. Wait a minute, I don't think he's a subscriber. You know, like I don't have. That's my friend. I got a lot of subscribers. I don't think my friends are paying to see my. I don't know if this worse if this is real or if it's fake. Oh, Magnus. It's real. And I deleted it. I probably. Because that means that means it's a terrible liar. Yeah, I got it texted to me, and by the time it was texted to me, it was deleted. Yeah. So. Too late by that point, man. But look, I, I, I gave my notice. I said I gave my notice. And I sort of alluded to why. Um, it certainly wasn't intended to be this sort of, you know, burial of, of the NWA or anything like that. Yeah. Why would I do that? I would, I would just be burying oh. myself. Yeah, yeah that's, like, what, that's the question the, a lot of the people. The thing that I've, you know, the, the, the thing that I've been like most heavily associated with for the last five years, like, and then I would turn around and go, nah, it sucks. Like, no, I didn't know. It's, 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 so, 
Well, okay, so let me let me go back a little bit. Go on, yeah. Because I mean, we've done interviews before. Yeah. And when we did those interviews, it, like most wrestling fans thought those were great, and it was like it. it and you, you were leaving the the product of the last. Year. Mm. Like, okay, let's go back a little. You were leaving the NWA. You were yeah. the I guess superstar. It shouldn't really be alarming. It probably wouldn't be alarming for people who had been following the, the product for the last year. Mm. Like, I'm sure that to them, they, I'm sure for them, that couldn't have come as a, much of a surprise, you know? Um, but I understand what you're saying and appreciate it. Like, uh, I, I try to avoid saying anything like this because it, there's no way to say it without sounding, you know, like you're sort of self-promoting and you know, being egotistical. But yes, I was... I was the sort of perennial face of the, of the brand. Yeah. You know, um, I heard an interview. It was the, the interview that, that, that uh, Triple H did with Ariel Hawani. And Ariel asked him about NXT, you know, and, and how it had changed. And I, you know, and, and it, to me, it, <clears throat> his answer, <clears throat> and that's sort of where I got to it, you know, with, with the NWA. I sort of went, this, what, what it's become now is not. <clears throat> what I envisioned it to be and certainly isn't what I was laying the groundwork for it to be. Didn't have the didn't have the, the, the core values that I had tried to sort of maintain. Yeah. Right. Like and again this was not a knock. It was just me going, this isn't for me anymore. Right. Right. The, the, I I wanted to do an alternative wrestling brand mm -hmm. that represented all those things about the NWA that people missed in in the current product, whether it be from sort of overproduction or from you know a different mentality or a different style. Like, let's give them all those things because I felt like there was a good portion of the audience, particularly in the South, who missed wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Like, I wanted it to be burgers and fries, red, white, and blue wrestling. Yeah, because I love that stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't because it was like, I hate high spots, you know, and I hate these other type of, I hate sports entertainment. No, it wasn't that. It was more like looking at it from a business point of view. Hey, there's a gap in the market, I think, for this type of product. And when I had the influence to sort of, to make that happen, like you said, we we, we steered everything toward that vision and it, and it, and it worked. So at what point... What at what point did it change? Like at what point were you like? He was kind of like, once that was, once that was, uh, once that business was transacted, it was never the same. Well, um, and when and, I, and here's the thing: the first thing that anyone's going to say to that, and the first thing I'm sure Billy. What business? I'll go back a little. I'll take. The, I'll work here. I'll be an. I'll, I'll be a, a <laughs> yeah. wrestler here. I'll take the, the last... paycheck, but it's not my right thing. Right summer so 73 the first st louis mm. show was for me was kind of like once that was once that was uh once that business was transacted it was never the same well um, and when and, I, and here's the thing the first thing that anyone's going to say to that and the first thing i'm sure billy would say oh well because he wasn't champion anymore right? is that the show that's the show you lost the title yes right but the reality is is that prior to that I had always been the sort of steered the ship 
because of the because the world title angle was obviously like in any promotion the world title angle should be the one that really anchors the promotion mm -hmm. and i had worked very hard for the last like three years to well even before that because even when cody and i kind of traded the belt back and forth mm -hmm. you know i was still in the thick of it and i'd worked very hard to make sure that every time i was involved in a, a world title angle you know that it was meaningful it meant something um and because of that it, it that helped i felt sort of that was always the, the driving force that was always sort of pulling the wagon yeah um and obviously when i wasn't in that picture anymore voluntarily i would like it's like i i was the one who said yeah i think it might might be time to might be time for a switch here mm -hmm. it might be like here's a, we've got a, here's an opportunity here's all these different things that are, that are presenting themselves st louis trevor harley race you know wrestling at the chase you know all of these opportunities presented themselves and i went there's a moment there like there's a piece of business to be done there it was kind of my baby you know and i and i don't i hate getting into these pissing contests of this was my idea and who's you know but that whole angle was kind of my baby like i kind of soup to nuts that whole thing so it was and i also knew enough to know that it's very important it's not just about what you know losing the title it's what you do after mm -hmm. so i had a whole thing in place here's what i can do next you know you go into this program with tom tom can turn on me because I've, i'm not his meal ticket anymore i've lost the belt you know i lost the belt now i'm no use to him you know i'll turn babyface because i knew that was coming too you know what i mean i, yeah, I sure. could tell that there was a, there was just at that point there was so much goodwill and sentiment around kind of people knew what i had done you know they knew, they sort of knew like it, it was getting hard for them to continue to hate me if they because they kind of know he's kind of you know this QB'd has been this his whole baby thing. yeah like, this, is, yes. this whole thing yeah and i was getting a lot of that so when you know i think the time is right to i'll be a sympathetic character but i lost in the middle of the ring you know right. and i gave him his, and i and i sort of we get it we know what a sympathetic baby face is like we know what it means to turn to a fucking baby. He's been going for like five minutes about what he means to be a baby face. We get it. You know what I mean? Because that's the way. Right. Like, I believe in that, in, in the way, right? It's all like, there are fundamental, like, rules and principles of, of our industry, you know, and I stuck to them. I always stick to them, you know, and I think that okay. if, you look at the, if you look at the guys who sort of, who, who, you know, go out of their way to kind of, endorse me it's like you know bret hart harley you know austin idol ricky morton you know rick dory funk like because they know that i kind of i respect the business i love the business and i and i try to do it the right way um but then so when you lose the title is it yeah. just because you no longer have your hands in the title picture or is did your idea never happen the way it was supposed to yeah, happen basically. all of it yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was just you know it, it it you know like in the you know you know in the cop shows when you have the, the NYPD detectives and they're working a case and then the FBI come in and go we'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's kind of like that. The hostage. Okay, I'll take your I'll take your word for it. So man, he's long winded. Good get, lord. But you guys, if you want to hear the rest of that, there's like still like another fucking hour. There's an hour and twelve minutes or so, if not more. Jesus Christ. He's, he didn't like the talking. company. He didn't like the company. We get it, you know? Good God. All right, well, 
let's end on on uh, NXT. That's yeah, enough, that's enough stories for today. Right. In my opinion. They're not long with it on NXT. Yeah, I was I, I was clinging to his every word just because I was waiting for him to start to explain something. <laughs> I was like, come on, okay. See, you, you know, better than me because I gave up like four and a half minutes before you did. Because <laughs> he really, he goes, I hate to say it, but he sounds like an old man, you know, like every time he stopped on something, it was like, yes, I was working out at my gym because I have a gym at home, you know. And he sounds like. And when I was at the condo. He sounds condo, like <laughs> if you ever work retail. That customer that's there so much, they see you as a friend, so they just start talking. Yeah, but then, but then you're hoping that they're getting to the like, like the end of whatever it is, and then you start to think there is no end. Like you're hoping they're eventually gonna buy something, and they never pick anything up. They yeah, just he... still sit there and don't shut the fuck up. Oh my god! Yeah, he's long winded. He seems like a really nice guy. He just doesn't seem like he knew what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. Like that is the truth there. Anyway. NXT six fifty five comes to us from the same place it always does, the performance center in Orlando, Florida, and they open with the NXT title match for whatever reason. Braun Breaker defending his championship against Von Wagner. Why? It's because it's Von Wagner. But why is Von Wagner even in this title scene? I don't know. I don't Who understand what's happening here. We don't need Von Wagner here. I don't need him in any scene. No, we really don't. But here he is in this scene. I mean, overall, the match is, is, is a Ron Breaker versus Von Wagner match with Robert, with Robbie at ringside. Yep, you know? of course they did the right thing and Breaker go went over. Oh, of course. We would probably be having this conversation at the beginning of the show. Otherwise, oh my god, we got NXT out of the way quick because that would have been the shittiest part of the week. It would have been a big deal to talk about the fact that Braun Breaker finally loses the title and it's to Von Wagner. Like, he's not the worst. He won't bury somebody after that. He's not the worst big man. He just has the worst big man gimmick. He doesn't have much. Of, he's a he's a big man with very little presence. He works better now than he did when he was with uh freaking Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, after his failed jumping of Kyle O'Reilly, yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Good spear there. I love his spear. It really looks like it hurts. Exactly. Congratulations, chum. You know you're never going to be doing it with me, right? <laughs> well, he was just straight up like, I'm going to keep coming back. After my match against Mandy Rose, Nikita Lyons, she walks in, she puts my her hand on my shoulder, she looks at me, it's okay. She's not mad at me, like I'm the weak link in the team. Well, I put Nikita Lyons on my back. Lighten the load off of my shoulders just a little bit. I was angry, but I'm not anymore. I am tired of it. I tried to be a part of the solution. I did it all in this ring. I busted my ass in this ring. People who look at Nikita Lyons and then you go to bed dreaming about her all night. I'm undeniable! Well, every female back there, 
is the prey. You wanted to see me. Dream about who I want. Do you think that she'll make a good heel? She has potential. Yeah, we'll see. I, she, I don't think she made a good face. So. Yeah, what? she wasn't great. Hey, she might be a better heel. Why did you throw in the towel last week? I guess that's a good question, given my track record. Do you want the truth? I want to know right now. You know, your health is far more important to me than a wrestling match. Imagine if Charlie Dempsey did damage to your shoulder. If you're on the shelf, the entire university is on the shelf. That is why I threw in the towel last week. Guilty as charged. Sir Good to go over a paper. Thank you. Yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Duke's kind of growing on me. <laughs> I came back to NXT for one reason. The NXT title. But just watch what I do out there tonight. Watch what I do. Because when one challenge ends, next one begins. Later, champ. Now cruise the list of challengers continuing. Do you agree or disagree with Mahan? Is she a regular Yeah, we're back to this. Yep. Killing jobbers. Mm -hmm. I don't think we really need this, but whatever. Who are the jobbers called? Uh, Ariel Dominguez and George Cannon. <laughs> Those guys. Well, at least we know it's canon. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but squash matches over here. We have a great respect for you. But they don't respect us. In India, we are treated like celebrities. Only way gain their respect is by destroying you. We are gonna do. Respect. Respect after these dudes jumped us. They're trying to make a name off Diamond Mine? Hey, hey, you already know what it is. Man. Nobody's stepping on us. Guy packs. Hey guys, don't worry about this. He's the reason that you guys are the tag team champions. Don't worry about Indusheer. But Veer and Sangha, they called for us. This isn't the kind of stuff you can just let go unchecked. Pax has a match you need to get ready for. I think you guys are after the wrong people. I disagree. It's Indusheer, then it's pretty deadly. The deal continues right now here on NXT. J.D. Last week, Cora Jade had some very strong words directed at you. Cora Jade is always going to be a salty and petulant child. She said some things about me last week that just aren't true. Did say some things about me that I haven't heard since high school. The fact is, I am a little wacky. I like life to be fun. I want her to look at herself in the mirror after I gave her two black eyes. What do you think of Wendy Shrew at this point? I mean, I like her better than Cora Jade, so... So she gets a pass, huh? Yeah, for the sake of this feud, she gets a pass. JD McDonough versus Apollo Crews. I'm trying to take Crews seriously as a top guy in NXT, but I can't do it. Even after he beats this guy? Can't do it. <laughs> It's which like, is, which is quite a surprise. He beat. Yeah, it was weird that that Joe J lost to him. Like, that was a rough bump. I'm there looking too. at two guys, and you're telling me one of these guys is taking the title off of Braun Breaker. Spoiler: I'm not picking Cruz. 
like, I, I'm wondering what the end game is here. There clearly is one. It better be freaking uh-huh. spectacular. <laughs> I mean, they're pushing Cruz right now. They're not pushing Don McDonald. <laughs> nice moonsault oh, there. Yeah, he had, the dude's always had a beautiful moonsault. Hard hitting stuff. Beautiful Spanish fly as usual. Yeah. Everything was solid. You got to make Cruz. Look at that choke slam, man. Motherfucker spine buzzed the shit out of him. I like this match. You know, I have yeah, to give match credit great. for it. And he winds up winning, you know? And that makes Braun Breaker come out. Mandy Rose tonight, you defend the NXT Women's Championship in a last woman standing match. I'm going to need the entire world to open their ears right now. How dope is it that she came out in Nikki Bella former attire? Right. That's a cool homage right there. Look fitter too. Yeah, the full gear too. No pun intended. <laughs> For the last year, I have heard every prediction in the book. Mandy can't carry this title. One hit wonder, international ringer, and promoted as the woman to beat me. Because you're looking at a one in a billion superstar. But with or without my girls, the title is staying with me. I will be the last woman standing. You can get out of here. I like how she throws them out. Put some respect on her name. We get the Carmelo Hayes Wesley contract signing. Oh, man. I'm excited. Before we get to this sucker, I just want to say one thing. It is an honor to be a part of your Faith Five. Melo have to understand that he is <laughs> no longer the A champion. Is that your absolute limit is where I pull up and start from. So next week, this 15 minutes of the best time of your life and the worst time of mine. Over, Wes, to be your first and your last title defense. What are you willing to do? You'd have told me a year ago that I'd be sitting here having this conversation with you, found some inner peace by knocking Trick's ass out, and next week I solidify the man that I've become. And I will risk everything! Oh, that is right there. And you wish you could afford this. The contract is signed. This is between me and your meal ticket now! Oh. You can save that drama, Until I'm sitting across the table. Give me the truth. Beat it out of you. My environment is a product of. I hope there's the last one. I'm getting tired of these. Alright, turn loose Die Jack already. What's up with the sweater vest? And it involves my dad. And growing up, he used to wear the best clothes and suits around. Did you hear this shit? <laughs> Is this guy trying to make me hate him? Is he trying to be a heel? Like, did you hear this shit? Listen to this shit. He's, <laughs> listen, what the fuck? But before we go, dog, I gotta ask. What's up with the sweater vest? And it involves my dad. And growing up, he used to wear the best clothes and suits around. The owner would have this custom order book ready. And the first thing he ever ordered for me out of that book was a sweater vest. Even after you passed away and I looked in the attic, I found so many sweater vests there in plastic. This is the drip Oh my god. <laughs> this motherfucker said I'm gonna honor my father with sweater vests. <laughs> Holy shit. What a fucking we weird story, We had hit rock bottom. Man. 
and it's nothing but sweater vests. But look at the way he his mannerisms for this scene oh. are amazing. Look at like the first thing he ever ordered for me out of that book was a sweater vest. Even after you passed away and I looked in the attic, I found so many sweater vests threw up in plastic. <laughs> After he passed away, I looked in the attic and I found so many sweater vests. There were sweater vests further than the eyes can see. Two times the sweater, three times the vest. There were sweater vests everywhere. More than you could ever possibly imagine. Oh. And she said he held he held umbrellas for P. Diddy. Oh my god, he doing the sweater vest? Oh. Yo, it's such a weird story right like oh my god but look at how confidently he tells it is he corpsing because of how stupid it is <laughs> he might be because you know what i mean like it's ridiculous but before we go dog i gotta ask what's up with the sweater vest it involves my dad and growing up he used to wear the best clothes and suits around the owner would have this custom order <laughs> brand. the first thing he ever ordered for me out of that book was a sweater vest. Even after you passed away and I looked in the attic, I found so many sweater vests threw up in plastic. It's either drip or drown, and I'm gonna drip. It's either drip or drown, I'm gonna drip. Yeah, that's that's horrific. It's so horrific, I can't wait to see more. Oh my god. I can't wait to fucking see more of that, dude. Like, you can How great is that? Oh my god. That's my favorite thing. You found nothing but sweater vests. I'm the sweater vest man. Oh. Uh, anyway, tag team match Brooke Jensen and Josh Briggs being accompanied by Fallon Henley against the Dyad, Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler being accompanied by Ava Rain and Joe Gacy. Oh my, oh god. my god. Winner sweater vests. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, winner blue collars. Oh dear god. Brooks and Jensen go over here. Dude, hold on. We got it. We must go. He bumps himself there. You see that? Bumps the shit out of himself. See, see, see. Move it back. Holy shit, dude. That's rough. That did not look fun. Because it wasn't. Oh my god. And yeah, I guess they're not pushing the uh the dyad because Brooks and Jensen go over. The good old boys go over. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Like how how they get a new member and they're already losing, really? Yeah, a lot of people going over you're not expecting during this. And who was that on the uh, over there? Oh yeah, right. Survivor Challenge. One for the men and one for the women. Five superstars will compete in this unique 25-minute match. Every five minutes, a new superstar will enter until all five are in the ring. Pinfall, submission, or disqualification. When the superstar loses a fall, they are forced out of the ring and into the penalty box for 90 seconds. And we'll see you Saturday, December 10th at NXT Deadline. Interesting. That brings us to, to Indy Hartwell versus Tatum Paxley being accompanied by Ivy Nile. Let me get let me get and see more indie, um, more indie. The Tatum girl, she's starting to grow on me a little bit. She's actually pretty good in the ring. Yeah, she doesn't suck. 
I'm relieved. She, and she's getting a, she's getting gradually a little bit better every time I see her. So. Mm-hmm. But Indy's the one getting the push right now, the big old heel push. Oh yeah. And that brings us to the main event, which you can skip all this shit on. NXT Women's Championship. Last match. Woman stand. Mm-hmm. I like how aggressive this was. Oh yeah, this was a straight out fight. This was incredible. Nasty. <laughs> Yo, that that bicycle knee. That might be one of my favorite pump knees. Yeah. That move is crazy. Yo. <laughs> like yo, you gotta be careful. I'm telling you, that bitch is fearless. She almost doesn't get the full rotation on the flip, you know? Cuts it very close. Barely touched that ladder. Yeah, this, this got nasty. This got real nasty near the end of this. Uh, she takes that over the top roll bump pretty nasty too and gets thrown into the crowd or into the barricade in front of she the crowd. She got some rather. distance over that barricade, right? Yeah, really did. She gets some distance in all of her bumps. I like that. That kick out of there there. Oh, yeah. She has a clean super kick. Her, it reminds me kind of a uh, Soraya's one because it's kind of low to the ground. Glory bomb into the apron. Mm-hmm. And this was um an interesting because I don't know because a, a lot of people who don't um didn't watch NXT UK didn't really see but this was a piece of uh, Alba Fire's past coming back to haunt her. So here's the funny because thing: I didn't know who this was. I had on the WWE Network a lot in the background while I worked over the last few days, and I wound up catching NXT UK a few episodes of it. One of them was this woman, Isla Dawn, against Miko for the NXT UK Championship. Yep. So uh, I actually did learn more about her conveniently enough. I now know who this is from NXT UK. I've seen her in action before. Yeah, and this was also, not only did she challenge Miko, but she was one of the last girls to challenge Kaylee Ray when she was NXT UK Women's Champion before Miko eventually beat her. Listen to this bump. Oh! Craziness, right? Yeah, that bump sounds like it sucked all kinds of ass. That's only because it did. <laughs> so there you go. Isla Dawn. Yep. Yeah, she's impressive too. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what they let her do in uh, in NXT now. Yeah, definitely very exciting time here. Mandy, 
congratulations on retaining the NXT Women's Championship. But what happened out there whoa, with that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, Isla had nothing to do with me winning that match. Just add Alba to the list of names and the list of excuses. Because all I know is that I was the last woman standing. And I'm still your NXT Women's Champion. So put some respect on my name. NXT did 663,000 viewers with a point seventeen in the 18 to 49 demographic. Their numbers are not great. It's uh, a little bit up. Actually, it's about 1,000 down. Exactly 1,000 down from the 664,000 they did. Two points down from last week, though, point fifteen in the 18 to 49 demographic. 650,000 yeah. viewer average. About uh, between a 15 and 20, point 20 in the demographic average is where they usually sit. And where they usually run. Yeah, usually kind of hang around their regular stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy, you know? Oh, yeah. Seems like everybody besides Rampage is doing all right, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the NWA is not doing great. See, 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 see. Oh, damn. See, that's the thing. I wasn't even counting them when I said that. You gotta have a TV deal for me to count you. No. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, you know. So, guys, I think we're good here, right? Did a pretty decent show. Oh, yeah. Got a lot, got a lot covered this song. Mm-hmm. With that, don't forget about the fact that we are going to be back here Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in order to do our wonderful watch-along. We're going to do AEW Full Gear 2022. We're going to go over all the stuff. 7 p.m. starting with that zero-hour match, the pre-show and everything. We'll be here for the entire time, so you're not going to want to miss that. Thank you to everybody who hung out in the chat room and was here for the episode. All of you in the back that are lurking. Of course, those of you that are going to catch the VOD on demand. Because that's what VODs are. The O and the D stands for on demand. And of course, throughout the week, we're going to have other stuff going on. Fantasy Star Online, as well as some new games that we're throwing into the rotation. A lot of co-op stuff, special stuff going on here. As we go into holiday and Black Friday season. With next week, ironically being thanksgiving so yeah i guess we're going to be having a thanksgiving episode so don't forget about us when you're here if you miss it because with your family is catch us on demand ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to talk brunch live episode 549 hosted by yours truly rick Dare, K captain brunch for myself and my co-host destin soglo frazier we're out of here and now to put on my sweater vest shut it down <laughs>